on today's show. We are getting to know Yasei. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The link's in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And Yase was about to explain how he got his nickname. Um, and then I said, hey, let's actually record and put that on the record. So thank you, Yase, for coming on, letting people get to know you, man. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me, Sean. I appreciate you. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the name itself, Yase, it <laughs> kind of came about a little random. I was actually. Uh, technician working on garage doors i know really odd name but one day uh, i decided i was just driving around going through all my work i was listening to some music and um i started to just have these different kind of words pop in my head rhyming with space almost as if i was freestyling without verbalizing it um it was real weird but anyway i wrote a little bit of it down when i had a second and i saw a word it said yes, and I was like, oh, yes, that's kind of weird. And um, so I looked into it, and uh, I guess there's two meanings behind it. There's uh, yase, which could mean I know in Spanish, and then yes, which is like meaningless, I guess, which would be the other meaning. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> the meaning I was is like, there oh, is no. none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yase was um, kind of what I was like, all right, I'm just going to roll with it. And um, that was kind of what inspired me because I feel like I could be a bit of a know-it-all sometimes, like with my <laughs> friends 
and family like they'll be like oh yeah did you know blah 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 yeah bro like i already knew it did you actually know this that that like be that kind of annoying person sometimes when i'm in the mood anyway yeah so the fact adder <laughs> the the guy who's always read one more article and you're like fuck yeah. man what what like how deep in reddit did you go dude <laughs> exactly so i kind of just stuck with it man it just kind of flowed and um that's how i've adopted it so I, I like it and i like the lack of humility <laughs> exactly <laughs> the lack of humility man that's 100 percent where it's at <laughs> yeah i um so i had this artist on and um part of the cool thing i'm um, just going through your instagram is and i want to get into like how you do the art because i can't tell if it's like computer generated i was showing my daughter and she was like Oh, dude, that looks like one of those really cool things where you like fold it and fold it and fold it and you draw one part and then you try to match it and all the other parts. Um, <laughs> but before I get off, this one dude, um, Paul, who's an artist up in Toronto, um, he goes by like, and I always fuck up the name. He was like, it's just some artist, but the way he spells it is like just smartest. And it's like, <laughs> so it's a humble brag because I'm just the smartest but people look at me as like, I'm just some artist. And I was like, <laughs> that is fucking dope. And he's got his own logo and everything, man. Like that dude, I'll send you his handle. That's... I don't know if you like following people like that, but the shit, oh, like, the shit he does in Toronto, man, um, is impressive. And he had a lot of fuck you in him where he was like, I'm not doing shit for free, man. Like I've never not gotten paid for my art. That's all I do. People want to treat me like I'm just some artist. I'm not like, That's I get paid. And I was like, dude, I fuck, I love you, Paul. See, I feel like there's a kind of level of that in artistry that needs to be established, especially if you want to, be I don't respected. know, express yourself to the max, you know? Like, well, you have to have that bit of fuck you, I don't care, I'm doing me, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, well, it's and, cool, though. Yeah, definitely send me his um, his Twitter or uh, his Instagram handle, um, wherever he's at, because I would love to see his art. Yeah. It's a... Clever play on words, man. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous play on words. And the thing I liked most about him, which is I've had a couple artists on and the balancing of like Instagram and putting your work out there for creative exposure versus I'd like to get paid. I'd like to make money on this. Like I do spend a lot of time. This is very skilled. And that's where he was like drawing the line of everybody wants to hit me up to get me to do shit. And I'm like, He's like, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, pay me. That's that's 100%. It's cool that he's at that point too as an artist. Me, myself, I'm not as much of uh, yo, fuck you, pay me. I'm more so like, hey, I got a lot of ideas in my head. <laughs> what I'm doing per currently is trying to stretch them and uh, make them kind of um, intertwine with one another. Like as far as like the art stuff, uh, I'm real big on music. That's my foundation is... As a musician, I grew up playing for um, the church. So it was always interesting as I got older, watching it evolve from, uh, you know, playing bass at the church, doing like church music, some jazz music, stuff like that, into something totally different. Like, oh, I'm not just limited to this fretboard, you know? Um, I could string these along into a piece of paper or a canvas, or maybe even work on a video with a friend. I don't know. It's kind of stuff that I like to do out of enjoyment and expression. But um, eventually, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll be like Paul <laughs> and get paid for my work. <laughs> yeah, he but, needs he yeah. needs to do like online classes or like 
mentor because the business aspect along with the just all the stuff you could work with was um it's funny because i think a lot of people and i don't know if this is the case for you because you just said like five things you could do which again goes back to my original non-recorded you are talented you actually you have way more talent than me um comment. i appreciate you bro. <laughs> um <laughs> but like i feel a lot of people wind up getting um not i don't want to say like pigeonholed but limited to like one style or they like get a lane i guess is what i'm thinking and mm-hmm. you don't seem to have i guess your art actually the art did kind of have this weird i'm gonna call it dystopian vibe but it what like it varied greatly it had like graffiti aspects to it and then it had some like fine detail and then it just had some like stupidity there was one with like this red <laughs> dude and a stick and he's walking and like my daughter was cracking up she was like that's pretty cool um <laughs> And cool, I was wondering, like, does the art that I'm seeing on your Instagram, does it have like a name or something? Um, as far as like a being style? able to categorize it, I mean, um, I really just like to leave it as expressions. Like for myself, if you were to ask me, hey, could you explain like what this is? I'd say, yeah, that's an expression of whatever it was I was feeling at the time. Um, <laughs> but traditionally from like a like a trained artist perspective, which I am by no means a trained artist. So I just want to make that clear. This is all completely stuff I've just thrown together and uh, I just enjoy doing, right? But I would say um, closely relates to probably like neo-expressionism, which is um, similar to Jean-Michel Basquiat. That's like a really huge influence on like what got me even wanting to put colors and paint and stuff on canvas and paper. But um, I love that. I also love um, Louis Carrion. He's an artist of today, which is extremely talented with graffiti. Um, he is very similar, though, in that kind of neo-expressionist vibe. It seems like there's some underlying message almost like that they have in mind um, while they're going about doing their work. And I approach it in a similar way. It just depends on the day, I guess, is what I would be feeling. And I also listen to music while uh, while I paint or um, use charcoal or whatever. So it could be definitely inspired by the song that I'm listening to. Um, that's for sure. So like, say, for example, I'll give you an example of what I mean. If I hear somebody state, like, let's just say in the song they talk about complacency or they use the word complacency, I might spell out the word complacency in a really obscure manner to where you couldn't quite read that complacency was in the picture. And then I'll start to go about expressing what I may feel to be um, complacency on top of that. So it's may not seem that there's any like formulated direction all the time with some of them. Cause sometimes there's not just frankly, it's just like, I'm throwing whatever, but, um, there's like a good amount of that kind of um, subconscious direction or like uh, influence from whatever it is I may be listening to, you know? Dude, that's cool. I, I love, um, what's the what's Salvador Dali's um, lane? Surrealism? Yeah, I, th- I want to say that that's surrealism. Surrealism. So, and I, because I'm a terrible speller, Neo, what, what's it called? expressionism so So just like yeah no well yeah i gotta write it down neo-expressionism so the difference are you do you happen to know compared to surrealism 
neo-expressionism is more so um, kind of wild and you could see the brush strokes um surrealism is very fine detailed and like very classic like hey i'm gonna take a clock but i'm gonna make this clock have this kind of element to it and it's gonna look like more um almost like out of a dream like if i were to dream up this clock we could still tell that it's a clock but it has legs and it's walking and shoot, it even looks like it's turning its face at me. I don't know how it has a face, but you know, like <laughs> realistic yeah. aspects to it as to where um, uh, neo-expressionism and expressionism is a little more wild and um, I don't want to say unrefined, but purposefully unrefined, like where you could tell almost how they went about the process of putting it together, you know? Like you can see the layers, um, it's very clear where uh they may have been pulling down with their uh i use like a trowel sometimes which is like a mason uh tool so like there's little mini ones for art but me in particular like i'll use like a, a bigger one so anyway i'll just use that as reference like you can see where i pulled it down or pulled it to the left um just kind of really unforgivingly there i guess i don't know <laughs> oh, yeah that's interesting so yeah because if you're not happy with it then you just got to work with it meaning um, like so i'm if, thinking of the trial example like if you go left and it's abrasive or it's popping off the canvas whatever you're drawing on or working mm -hmm. with then can you like you just can't paint over that right or can you yeah, you for sure could. You could do anything. Like, it, it, say if you. <laughs> That's why you were like. Left. So you're trying to do the like polite way of being like, "What the stupid ass question is he asking?" <laughs> <laughs> nah, not even, man. It's it's good. I never thought about it. Like, wait, do you have to stop at a certain? No, like you could if you swing left and it's just like, oh man, that looks like shit. That's dude, terrible. All right, well, I have like abundance of choices at that point right i could choose to pull something out of a book and like throw it over the piece that i don't like or i could literally decide to change the direction right there and pull down or i could wait for it to dry and then go over it cleanly with another color or i don't know there's there's a bunch of uh <laughs> a bunch of different ways to correct something that you deem to be like ugly or yeah. you don't like you know if you're creative um, enough for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, dude, it's, that's why, man, I've always just me personally as like a creative artist. I don't know if I've ever had like the fine motor skill to figure out how to make the circles, the shapes come together to actually look like something and then mm -hmm. like branch out from there. But I just don't have that creative on top of that. I just don't have the creative. I can make this from scratch. Oh, this flows into this kind of part to me man i get so fucking like lego like like where's the directions what's my next step what am i supposed to do next versus like oh i can do whatever i want you're like analyzing the situation more so rather than like sitting in the situation i yeah. guess or like floating with the situation i don't know it's yeah it's weird there's a lot of different <laughs> it's a lot of different ways people might look at it but it sounds to me very like analytical is what you're saying yeah no for sure man versus i like what you said floating with the situation like i'd be like nah man where was i supposed to go i, I gotta like whatever fight the current type thing 
you know. I got you. There's the cool parts about that. Like, I wish I could fight the current more, I guess, from somebody that likes to kind of go with the flow. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not like a anti-ambitious person. I'm definitely like out there getting after it. But the thing is, man, like sometimes um, it could just lead you in a bad situation. Like, damn, did I really need to accept that extra drink that got me drunk that <laughs> night? You know what I mean? Like that kind of float. That could not necessarily be the best thing. Um, probably want to be more analytical in those situations, right? <laughs> yeah, if you make that, if you, yeah, if you set that wake up for yourself, right? It's funny. I was, um, yeah. I'm doing this um, stupid bike challenge. I was talking, um, basically, was like trying to get some free gear on social media from someone who had been on the pod before. Oh yeah, um, that's what's up. Yeah, no, nah, dude, free gear is always where it's at. Um, so he kind of has this clothing brand. It's called Tribe. Um, Dylan and he's like trying to hike up Mount Everest or whatever. So anyway, some dude in a bicycle hits up his, um, the tribe on social and he, he was like wearing their t-shirt. So I'm just like, Hey man, how many miles do I need to ride in Delaware in order to, uh, get some free gear? And he was like, uh, 240. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And they was like, I was, but I started thinking, I'm like, I'm a teacher. I might be able to do this. And so I was like, all right, man, give me a week. And he was like five days. So today I went after it and I'm riding for six. I've put in like 65 miles today. Um, Ooh, that's what's yeah. up. Yeah, right so now. You dude. got a quarter knocked out already just about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tomorrow I'm planning on doing 100, but I think I'm going to stop and get like 10 beers on the way, like a little 10 mile <laughs> intervals <laughs> just to see what happens. Um, but my point is, I guess what that made me think sick. about that ambition is um, I started listening to David Goggins book. You can't hurt me. Is that what it's called? Yeah, David Goggins is he's he's intense, man. Like guess. Yeah. dude. But yeah, that intense. is his book. Yeah, can't hurt, can't hurt me. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, I'm whatever three hours into listening to it, and it's just like his seal training and the crazy. Sh I'm like, there's no fucking way you're in Indiana laying in a pond in December after working out for 10 hours, man. And then getting up while <sighs> wet and then fucking going like three mile sprints on jogging trails. I'm like, I'm yeah. ready to quit 25 miles in on a bike. Cause the wind all of a sudden shifted in my face. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like done, done. Those guys are built so different, man. Like, it is. I don't know, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they don't so, seem human to me. They're like, born with the extra set of gills that activates after they get thrown around in the water a little too long or something. And then from there, it's just like a wrap. They're just superhuman, you know, <laughs> they, they seek out like pain. Pain is their pleasure where you bring up the drink and I'm like tomorrow, I'm like, Oh man, how can I make a hundred miles more pleasurable? I'm going to stop at <laughs> bars on the way, you know, <laughs> yeah. stop at bars, take a little note, you know, how I'm feeling and no cruise doubt. on down the road. <laughs> exactly. Put on some, I'm going to have to like turn his book off and put on some jams, but like I'll, I'll gain more, like I'll gain weight from riding a hundred miles on the bike ride, you know, <laughs> where he's like talking about losing 25 bills a week he's jogging so much and i'm like god but like that's yeah the... that was his story right he was yeah. uh he was a little bit bigger before he made it to the team yeah, right 300 pounds man which is it's funny because he was in there for the first time um and it's not the david goggins podcast i don't know how much i should talk about this guy but like it was weird <laughs> listening to his story coming up because he was a really prominent high school athlete like he was legit basketball player and was wicked in shape. Then he goes to the Navy and um, starts bulking up and he's just sad with life because he got 
kicked out of this, or he got discharged from the seals for sickle cell. And he had the option and um, he was so scared of the water that he was four weeks in, they were gonna make him start again. And he was like, nah, I'll take the out. And then he winds up working at like Ecolab, spraying for cockroaches all night and like so killing random. rats. Yeah. And he gains 300 pounds and he's up to 300 pounds at like six one. And he watches um, like a Navy, it was like a Navy SEAL reality show and he gets inspired and he feels like a total bitch and he's like, I'm getting back in. <laughs> See, it's crazy what, it, like, I guess what he's trying to tell everybody is what our minds are capable of, you know? It's just crazy if we apply ourselves the way that, you know, it's, if you felt, if it got to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm feeling like a little bitch, I need to change, I need to do something, fuck it, I'm gonna just do it. And he went about and got after it and just like, destroyed it you know he killed it so Dude, from my understanding the guy's still doing that stuff but ultimately from what i've seen it's just really like hey man he wants us to use our minds <laughs> yeah he, use your mind to accomplish what you need he wants and that's the uh, going back to like the ambition part and i've been trying to get on that like despite my night if i set myself a 6 a.m goal get the fuck up and do your goal man you'll find time to yes, nap sir. later on like you'll recover as you're doing it but yep get the fuck up and do it 100 percent, man i feel that it's yeah. uh so like a little bit about like what i'll do in the morning to get inspired um i'll wake up at 4 30 i'll go and i'll hit a jog depending on how i'm feeling it'll be a mile and a half uh like you know smooth jog which it takes me about 12 minutes i don't really push it too hard um or i'll do three miles which will take me about 25 minutes so depending anyway, that's how my morning starts Monday through Friday. And then, um, that's what all allow me to, that's what allows me to lead kind of into this, uh, real expressive state of almost like quieting the noise a little bit and just letting things float. And then if I choose to incorporate music into the process while I'm painting after that, um, that always helps to, like I said, to kind of like inspire, but you, I was, I'm with you though, um, as far as just getting up and doing it, you know what I mean? Like it, it, you get to a certain point where you're like, I'm not trying to make no excuses for myself anymore. I just need to get up, do it. The alarm's 4.30. All right. You're up at 4.30. You're no longer yeah. thinking any other way than, oh man, you know, I gotta, I gotta sit here and snooze this until five and then feel like shit when I get up at five, 5.30. And then it's like, you know, just, just get up, just get up and get after it. And then you'll be happy with yourself that you did. So, yeah, there's something very real about accomplishing that goal. And it's what's kind of weird to me that I noticed I've been noticing. Um, I forget during the winter, man, because I'm in Delaware and it's so fucking cold. And I'm trying to jog at 430 in the morning in like December and, you know, whatever, 15 degree weather, which is why. I'm oh, yeah. Goggles. But brutal <laughs> in the in the summer, man, like I can get up and I can just fucking like head out the door and I'm good. Like I don't need breakfast. I don't need coffee. I don't need to fucking check social. Like I can literally just roll out of bed and put in a half hour of work and I come back and I'm like ready. Like I'm ready to sit down and do shit. I'm not like fighting the work that I have to do. I'm actually yep. like looking forward to it. And part of me, maybe the analytical in me is like, um, as I'm jogging, my mind drifts and like organizes mm -hmm. the day. And I'm curious for you, are you like, so I'm a podcast listener as I jog and then I'll still drift off. Um, I'll go outside of the conversation, but are you like mm -hmm. in your own head? Are you a music guy? 
what do you listen to or what do you do when you jog? That's interesting, man. It depends on the day. Traditionally, I would jog with no music. I would just allow myself wow. to kind of float. Um, but I've noticed recently I've been listening to music a little bit. And um, I'll listen to – it's funny. I've been listening to a lot of, like, old rock lately, like a lot of Hendrix and stuff like that. But um, I, I it depends on the day. So, like, if I'm feeling like, hey, you know what? Music for me is a cheat code right now. Let's, like, <laughs> turn that off and let's be in our own brain and, like, let's figure out how to just silence everything that's around us and trek through this jog. All right, then that's a you know that's a day like that. It's it's weird, man. It's weird how I am with myself. It's not like from a negative space. It's from a space of how can I dive deeper, I guess. And um, some days music helps me to dive a little bit deeper and uh, to shut everything out as far as like what's around um, and be in that real deep presence within myself. And then other days, it's silence, you know, just just nature. Yeah, man. That's um, that can be very scary being alone in your head with nature for 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, well, I, I mean, I'll tell you like, so what's scary to me is, I don't know if you've had any, like if this is like a psychedelic podcast thing or instead, like if, if, could I talk about that like briefly or no, do, do, go do, do, so I've had, I mean, uh, I'll say yes. I've had um people who have <laughs> cool. like really gotten into their ayahuasca trips. Um, I had, Oh man, what's his fucking name? He dude, he plays. I, and I feel like all I'm doing is like promo in my own pod at this point. Um, but <laughs> he's a fucking Wyoming cowboy that plays the pan. Have you seen the pan instrument? It's almost uh, like a, a like like no. a big ass. It's not a drum, but when you like put your finger around it, it makes a sound. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And then you're like wong ding wong wong. And he yep. does that shit, but he does it in like a fucking alien mask out in the middle of Wyoming. And his <laughs> his whole pod was about how he fucking trips all the time. And he was telling me about all his experiences, winding up naked, fucking seeing the galaxy, ripping holes and shit. Um, oh my so, gosh. Yeah, dude, fucking his like end story was how he lost his virginity to a stripper at the age of 17. So yeah, anyway, the, <laughs> the pod can be very wholesome because I've had people who are like anti-sex trafficking advocates on. All the way yeah. to dudes like that. I, I'm fucking terrible that I um finding the God Spark is his podcast, but I can't remember his name. But anyway, dude, sorry, that's a long answer <laughs> to say, yeah, man. Like it's a getting to so know you pod, so be you. Not a not a stream. Okay, I got you for sure. Um, just to briefly, like, I'm not gonna go into like a crazy <laughs> thing about it, like too far off. But what you said about <laughs> being 15, 20 minutes in nature, you know, by yourself and just allowing like the noise to come in. You said it could be kind of scary um, for myself. Like I really enjoy that kind of atmosphere. Like I'll go on hikes by myself and I'll just like take it in. Right. But, but <laughs> <laughs> if I am to do that type of thing, like on psilocybin, like with mushrooms or uh, on any amount that is greater than I would say two grams, I'm real, I'm a real like lightweight with that stuff. Um, that is when it could be extremely terrifying for me. And on the flip side of it, LSD is a whole lot better uh, for my personal being. And I don't, I, I kind of got out of the kind of zone of doing that stuff. Um, I'm definitely not going to say I wouldn't. But in terms of like just what you said about being kind of like it, it could be scary to be alone and in your own space. 
Yeah, mushrooms will definitely do that for me. <laughs> yeah, well, so I've heard the opposite. And his name's Antonio, um, just so in case anybody ever comes across that shit. I don't want to disrespect him like that. Um, but everyone who's um, spoken about the mushrooms, it's like super enjoyable. And then you just lean in and you find out things that you needed to find out. Like it's like self-therapy is how it's really been described by multiple, multiple people to me. Um, okay. But you're not feeling that, huh? Like it, it makes you uncomfortable. Would, oh, extremely. And the, the thing is though, I believe in that, what they're saying that it does force you to find things about yourself. And that doesn't necessarily always mean that the things are going to be pretty. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my personal take on, on like mushrooms. I agree with them that it can be used as a positive thing for, um, like self-development and like looking into yourself, understanding yourself better even, um, or like coming to some profound experience. But anyway, you're just not uh, ready think, to get there with yourself. Oh, I feel like I, I feel like I have, um, like to a degree, uh, we obviously like I, every day you're trying to work and be better at understanding yourself as well as like, just improve your quality of living and of those around you. Um, so I'm not going to say that I have it all together, but I definitely have done like a fair amount of soul searching, man. And, um, that being my first experience of, wow, dude, you're pretty ugly. You should change a lot of these things about yourself if you want to have a more fruitful life. So that experience for me was on an eighth of mushrooms and there's multiple experiences after that. Um, not just with mushrooms, but just literally it could be in sobriety. But um, that yeah. was when I was 20. So I was 20 years old and I took an absurd amount, which for me was a little bit over an eighth. I said an eighth is like 3.7 grams, which an eighth is 3.5. So it was at that time that, yeah, I, I kind of was like, you know, man, there's some things that you're not necessarily feeling that you're lining up with. And um, this is what I'm going to do about it. So that's kind of how it was. There's like a kick in the balls and like a smack in the face with a bunch of like ice cold water being dumped on you. You know what I mean? Like a wake up call to change some things. Mushrooms are your David Goggins. Yeah, (laughs) no joke, dude. It it changed. It turned around a lot for me as far as like how I was operating. So what was um, the like, what did do you mind sharing? Like, what did you like? Were you just a sarcastic guy? Because it's funny. You were like the Yase I know. Were you just a little too arrogant? You're like, all right, I got to find a like more playful way to be this. Or were you like a thief? Um, I, a thief? Yeah, I stole Lamborghinis, man, you know? <laughs> no, um, so it was definitely like, uh, I felt like I was spiritually just not, not the most um, pleasant in life. I don't know. It's really weird. But I feel like doing things like caring to me what it came to was i cared too much about material things i cared too much about what people perceived of me and i spent way too much time on technology so just a little tip or bit about me between the age of 16 and 17 i did some traveling for call of duty um playing competitively so i was on a team that sponsored me and i was way lucky to be able to be in that situation but um that was a big portion of time that was taken from me of just sitting there in front of a screen, you know? So even after I got done with the traveling stuff, still spent a lot of time on technology, whether it be on my phone, um, this, that, 
I came to, hey, man, you need to take separation from that. It was more so things to improve what it was that was actually inside of me. And I feel like those things that I was so focused on were numbing what was genuinely there and kind of supp- <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, suppressing the, um, the, the capability. Um, so that was, that was more so what it was and like sarcastic. Yeah, I'm for sure. Like sarcastic, the sarcastic asshole, 100%, bro. Like <laughs> I, I can be that guy, like, you know, just to crack jokes, but it's all from like a good place. You know, I don't genuinely try to, um, be like an asshole or like an arrogant guy. I try to keep it cool, you know? Yeah, I try to stay humble. <laughs> I, I always like in my head, um, I used to do this with kids because um, I'm that guy. And I guess you get a little bit of liberty. I coach basketball as well. And every practice I try to look one way, like look for a one way to hit them with like a, well, your mom's fine with that. You know, or like just some stupid your mom part because it just would crack <laughs> me up. And like, it's one of those like the your mom to like for me, I'm 40, 41 is like the whole you grow up generation. Like that's just like, Oh, but you're not seriously. Like I'm don't seriously want to sleep with your mom. And it always makes like, it cracks (laughs) me up when like, I'll drop it every now and then. And then like a fucking 38 year old dude would be like, almost like Dorothy Mantooth is a wonderful woman like from Anchorman. Like you're taking this way too fucking seriously right now. Channel three, calm down. And you're like, dude, no, you're supposed to like say something stupid back. That's how this works. You know, like I feel there's that level of sarcastic asshole where the, you do it not to make people feel bad, but to like do it and have a good time. Like to see what else someone can think of to say back at you. Oh, 100%. Just lighten up the mood a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah it's attention. <laughs> it's, and, you know, you bring up a good point. I feel like even now I can be super, like, stern and serious and, like, super focused at times. Bro, you know, I can probably slow down and, and get a little even more so into that, you know? I feel like it'd be good for me. You know, just take it easy. Um, it's It's funny, man. It's something that I definitely could work on, I feel, is... uh being a little more chill sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, man. You brought it, like you mentioned something that kind of clicked in that regard. To your For mom. sure. Hey, and you know who you can thank? Your mom. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like, what do you mean? It's like, well, she told me you were having troubles last night, so I figured I'd call you, get you on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh, man. Well, you, you must have been talking to my dad, too, so you swing both ways, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I want to stop in case they actually listen. You're a wonderful person, ma'am. Thank you for raising a great son. Can I? Yeah, thanks, thanks, mom and dad. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys had a good time with Sean. Sounds like it. Seems like a cool guy. May yeah. have some. Beers. Oh no, dude, that's what happened. A few. I totally forgot. Your dad failed the STD test, the take-home STD test that I clear for all those like good time trains, so he wasn't able to partake. <laughs> That was, um, that's exactly what, that's why he wasn't there. I forgot. I actually think he was watching Casablanca. Oh, geez. Well, there's a whole lot in that I still don't know about my dad. He might even be a hitman for all I know at this point. It's like, sheesh. Then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a conversation about him, uh, or about that to him. That was life choices. Bring it up. Yeah. Clean up the hepatitis C. Can dad, just a little more orange juice in your life. It'll help. (laughs) I'm just like, does that even affect hepatitis C? I don't even know. 
<laughs> I'm not good with all the medical terms, man. That's up your alley more. One, yeah, I hope not. One thing I hope not to do is have a bunch of knowledge of sexually transmitted disease medical terms. <laughs> like, <laughs> unless that's yeah. my job, I am trying that's, to have some few and far between knowledge about that shit, man. Like, that's a mutual stamp, there, man. I, I'm with you. I don't want to know too much about it either. <laughs> can, I feel that. Dude, the call, I want to go back to the Call of Duty competitive thing because I missed that growing up, like with my oh, internet so skills. Yeah, I, I did a couple, but I didn't get to do like the team play thing. I guess it was just like the role play where you would get the mission and then you're trying to whatever, find a map, free a hostage, kill a guy, assassinate gotcha. that somebody. Was, um, what, were, what were those called? I remember like Black I Ops remember or something like that. Yeah, you're you're right. It was like different in every game too. Um, the name that's those were super fun though. They are. But, okay, so like way better than Zelda. <laughs> like, <laughs> so many people are like wanting to kill you after hearing that, bro. I swear. <laughs> like, what? Nothing's better than Zelda, man. Like Dude. the the people that still take offense to your mom still take offense to you yeah, know Zelda Zelda's not being sandwich. the best. I'll tell you what irks me about Zelda. Um, and it's funny because I just bought um, Zelda maybe three years ago, like to, or whatever the like little USB port that you can get for now, like 20 bucks and get like a million games. So I was replaying Zelda and I tried to do it without the map. And I was like, no, I can remember this. No, I can figure this out. Like I'm so much older now. And I was like, like whatever, <laughs> half an hour in, dude, I'm Googling. And I got the map pulled up. Yep. This way I know where to fucking drop the bombs and where to get the extra sword and what fucking graveyard or tombstone do I need to move? And I'm like, it was basically you just cheated. I don't know. Like the Zelda I was very disappointed in as I replayed it. Couldn't beat it, so, but I was disappointed in it. I always watch my cousins play it. I never had the discomfort of having to experience like getting lost or anything like that. So, like, it, it was always cool to watch them play. I liked Call of Duty more. <laughs> Dude, way more action. Like, way more action and way more, like, oh, it's more realistic. And it's more fun to, like, role play yourself. Like, do you really want to be a little elf with a wooden sword trying to, like, stab an angry crab that hops? Or do you want to have some sort of, like, automatic weapon and you're, like, fighting for justice? <laughs> I know being like a little kid too I thought for sure like when I was young oh, oh yeah I'm for sure going to the military you know yeah right. it's, a, it's gonna be so cool Call of Duty you know I was like that little kid right so literally bro I, I couldn't agree like more as far as just I want to run around and shoot stuff and stimulate my brain like ASAP you know a little all bounce off the walls type deal but um, that's <laughs> I feel it so like Call of Duty for me uh, I was like straight up pub stomper like if you're familiar with the term pub stomping like all like multiplayer um kind of kids would understand or people would understand you know um but anyway i would just go into like lobbies and i would get all the kill streaks right i would drop nukes and i was just like good at call of duty at a young age and that's because i spent way too much time on it when i probably should have been you know more invested in sports and stuff so that's the other thing I would say. The shifting point of when I started to get really good at Call of Duty was when I stopped playing baseball. So I stopped playing baseball uh, in eighth grade, and I invested a whole lot more time into Call of Duty because I believed through that I would be able to be, you know, like this YouTuber and like have a YouTube presence and this and that, and then go to compete at events and whatnot. 
half of that became true, but right? <laughs> not the YouTube part. Dude, that is like the craziest part. And it's hard for me to like embrace. And it, it puts me in like the boomer bracket is like, it's not a sport. You're not going to make any money. You know, like that's the things you want to scream. And now all of a sudden it's like, nah, mother, like, have you not, I've found out about Twitch. I'm like, holy shit. Like yep. you get paid, like people fucking pay to watch yep. you and you get sponsors and wait, there are tournaments. And now all of a sudden it's on like TV where they put people in homes and they compete against each other. And you're like, I guess this it's is grown. The, yeah. It's bigger than ping pong. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would say so probably <laughs> at least in America, um, it's grown so much and it's crazy to see the development too. So I feel like I was lucky enough to kind of see it at its early ages when it was like, Oh yeah. Um, $10,000 is top prize for a call of duty four tournament. Now it's up over a million dollars for call of duty tournaments, or it can be, you know, um, which is, just bonkers but um so yeah man that's like where i was inspired at that time i was like you know what i'm gonna make this happen so i tried really hard and once i was in i want to say i want to say it was probably ninth grade i started to dabble around more so with what this website was called game battles and they still have it um but that was like the main website that you went to to go and enter yourself into what was called um matches like private matches right so you would um enter on to that website and get set up with your username all that and then what you would do is look for a match on the website you would pair up with another group of um individuals that you know they were competing in the same bracket as you so let's say search and destroy is what i wanted to play so search and destroy best of three or search and destroy best of one and that's kind of how you start so you start there, and what's funny is you can be good. Um, there's, like, levels to skill in, like, video games and everything, of course. But, like, in Call of Duty in particular, I would say there's the pub stomping phase, which is what <laughs> where I was at at the beginning of uh, getting into the more competitive phase. And then there's, like, when you're full-blown, oh, yeah, no, I'm a competitive player. Like, I know that I can throw this grenade here at this time and it'll land in this dude's pocket before I ever see him type deal. So you get to that kind of like level where you just understand the map awareness and everything like that. So it was the transition between pub stomping and um, becoming like a competitive player that through a lot of time and frustration, you start to learn those spots and everything. And it's only because you run into the guys that are already doing that, right? But that's the only way that I was able to get good enough to um, be in the position where I would go to local events. Um, and that was probably when I, I want to say I was, I was 16. So I turned 16. I went to my first local event in Sacramento. And um, that was really cool. I went with my buddy. We actually won. It was a search and destroy event. And we continued to go back to that LAN event. Um, more than a couple times most times we won but there were times where there was already established professional call of duty players i say professional meaning like they've placed within the top 12 at a major event which would be hosted by mlg or umg i know this is a lot of information bro and i'm like blabbing on but no it... i was super passionate about it as a kid and like i i loved um, the atmosphere so there's a lot to it you know yeah, I'm wondering but, um, that first tournament as you're 16. So, and this is a really stupid side note. Have you ever seen the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage? 
Ooh, um, I don't think I have actually. So it's 1989, and basically he has like an autistic brother that's, um, and I forget what video game he's a savant at, but he's a savant, and he just fucking, he's killing everybody. So like, you go to the arcade, and you're like betting $5 that my brother can beat you, and you know, they're hustling <laughs> money and fucking buying sneakers and shit. But then there's this competition, and I want to say it's out in California, where like, stadiums full of people watching him play like Mario three. And that's like the final game. And he's trying to figure out like what to do with this turtle and how do I use my raccoon tail to fly? And it's, that's but, so sick. but the crowd was nuts is what I'm like. It was like an intense college sporting event. And that's why I'm wondering when you went to these things were like, could the fans fuck with you and distract you? Or are you like isolated and you're just like, people can watch on a screen so the fans um and like i would say fans in terms of just like how you're describing it i would say there are other competitors there that were kind of like in the crowd behind you as well as um competitors and the crowd behind your opponent so you'd be set up at like a little desk area and there would be depending on how many people you have we'll say two it was two v two to start off for me so we have two monitors facing our opponent, and then our opponent has two monitors facing us, and it's set up on a desk. Then everybody else that came to compete or play arcade games or were just there for like, um, you know, I think it was hosted at like a kind of a food bar place, like um, on the other side of where we were, the venue at, at first anyway. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they could fuck with you if they want. <laughs> yeah. Like they had buddies that were like, that we'd play against that. You know, they would uh, they would say things or little remarks. You just like it, it gets pretty vile. Actually, it'd be pretty toxic. So that's the thing that um, that I don't miss about it. <clears throat> that's for sure. Uh, there's a lot of like you know those kind of like toxic moments and stuff. As far as like in person though, it was always pretty chill. Everybody was always like super cool. They get hyped up. You know, if um, somebody made like some crazy plays or something, but it was always good times, man. Like that's that's the thing. Like. It was always good times. The toxic stuff that I'm talking about I don't miss was more so online, you know? Yeah. And that's like when people be all big online, right? And you see them in person, they would just want to shake your hand and like say, oh, yeah, what's good, man? But um, anyway. Dude, that, yeah, no, that's interesting too because that's what you always hear, right? Like everyone, every troll or whoever, on when they put something on a screen, you see them in person, it's the complete opposite. And you actually got to meet some of the people that were fucking with you online or leaving comments. Uh oh Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there's only one, <laughs> there's only one guy that was bad and ass enough to keep like that whole aura, even in person. And his name was mommy, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and it's funny, because he's just this dude, he wasn't the greatest, like skill wise or anything. But at events, um, he always like, you know, exuded that kind of energy, everybody want to be around him, right? Because he was just this stacked football player, dude that didn't give a shit. So he would talk shit to you online and then he would literally like, if he was talking shit to you online, he would test you like in person too. Like if you, if you talk shit to him. Right. So I was always cool with the guy and I never had any issues with him online. So it was always like smooth interactions. I got to enjoy his good side, so to speak, um, in person too. But yeah, man, you get to see some people that like they'll, they're like a chihuahua, right? They'll be barking, barking online and everything. <laughs> And then, you know, you just say what's up to them in person and they're actually chill. And then most times I would say I'm I'm kind of a more chill dude. Like I, I wouldn't hold it against nobody, but it would change the dynamic a bit. It'd be like, oh, yo, what's good, man? 
and you kind of make a friend because that ultimately was your opponent. Like they were pretty good if they're in the same space as you. So that was kind of how that would work. But there'd still be those toxic kids that would just switch it up 180, full 180, you know, um, online versus in person. So the the bigger events, though, the stuff that I feel like you're kind of envisioning were in Anaheim and Dallas. Those were the events that I would go to um, for a little bit. And the organization that I was with was called Gaming for a Cause. It was actually started up by um, it was my buddy at the time. Um, his name was Austin and he had cancer himself. So he did pass away, but it, you know, he did leave behind a really big portion of, um, like charitable, uh, profit as well as, uh, things for other cancer patients. So he started that and, um, over time getting acquainted with them, um, it was real cool cause they kind of had similar beliefs. I grew up in the church, you know, so like, I'm not saying that that's the best. I I really don't give a shit if you're Christian Catholic or if you're atheist, nothing like I I don't give a shit, dude. If I like you, I like you. That's how I think now. Right. Um, I still have my core beliefs, but I don't push as long as your chakras align. You're good with them. Yeah. You know, your chakras definitely have to align. You have to hit like a a pretty badass Travasana in the morning. If I'm going to fuck with you, you know what I mean? So like, Oh, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, um, that's that's kind of how I, I got the opportunity, man, was, um, you know, they just saw that I had similar beliefs and the talent to uh, want to sponsor me part of their team. So that was like the thing, man. It was real cool. Those events, though, in Anaheim were pretty intense. So that's like the stuff that you would see, like, um, I don't know if you are familiar with like optic phase complexity, like. So those were like the really big Call of Duty players at the time, like Scumpy and Nade Shot. I remember the first time I ever saw Nade Shot, I was like, whoa, dude, this is the guy that makes like millions of views, YouTube and this and that. Like he gets all this and he's super good. So it was cool because um, I, I was like, I didn't fanboy on him too much. You know, he's a busy guy, but I at least <laughs> was like, hey, yo, what's good, Nate? And he, you know, tossed me a little head nod and through time I got to be a little bit better acquainted with those guys by no mean was i like in their inner gaming circle but um i had a good amount of time to actually play the game with them which was honestly like pretty cool i thought it was sweet given um you know that's what i wanted to do so that happened um from the time of i want to say yeah about 16 to 17 i did that for about a year of just like super hard grind mode and in the time, it sounds weird, but I was homeschooled to make that happen. So I, I left. Oh, no way. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I can't believe your parents embraced it like that. Yeah, it's because I was good, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> I was good. Like I got the sponsorship. Like it was facing, uh, it was shaping into like what it was. But the other thing too, though, is like my parents are super cool, bro. Like they're super cool. They're real supportive of like our passions, our dreams, everything. Um, and my daddy's, he's, he's got like a family business will work the family business. Um, it's primarily with like renovation, home renovation stuff. So he definitely taught us like how to use our hands and work at a young age. Nice. And as long as we were applying ourselves in that regard, he was very supportive of our passions and stuff. But yeah, so they allowed me to go into homeschool, um, my sophomore or not sophomore, it was my junior and senior year. 
And um, that's when <laughs> you were fine with that. See, giving up junior senior year of high school to be homeschool, I would feel like early on I'd be good with that. But later, like at that point, don't you want to have the last hurrah? Don't you want to run the hallways, be around all these people? <laughs> no, man, <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> I really didn't care. Um, like I, it. it don't get me wrong. That was my favorite part of school. Definitely was the social aspect, but I didn't give a shit, man, about like, I wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. Every morning that I went, I was just like, gosh, dude, I have to sit here and learn about like things that I don't even want to learn about. And it's like, I don't know. School is always weird for me, man. So that's just something like weird in a sense of like, I didn't understand why I had to be there, you know? So it was, and that, that, can all tie into, you know, my mushroom trip down the road of, hey, man, switch this way of thinking about yourself, you know. I feel like be a little more uh, this way or cut out these things, you know. Maybe I would have done a little bit better in school if I took mushrooms, you know, when I was 16 or something. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't advise that, but just, I mean, definitely not. <laughs> just in tea form. Just whatever, what, a 16, form, what yeah. would that be, a gram and a half? gram and a half in the morning with your cereal? <laughs> with your cereal no big deal you know take a walk through space real quick <laughs> but, no, dude, uh, I, I think actually you know that's because it's been so long for me to be in high school that like i almost romanticize it at this point but i think i was the same way dude like i was like i just want to fucking earn money i got my crew of like i've never been like a big popular guy i've always been like i just want a couple of people that i'm good with that I can trust yeah. and hang with. I don't need to fucking know a hundred people like that. And yeah, I, I looked to ditch school every chance I could um, <laughs> because I always thought life outside of school was so much better. So yeah, now that I'm yep. like really thinking about this, that would make sense. Cause why wouldn't you want like the rep or the cred? Cause it had to be like better than being whatever the fucking high school quarterback, like being sponsored for call of duty had to have some sort of like social equivalent of like you're the man, right? Oh, dude, like I can say like um, you had sophomore year when I started <laughs> to take it more serious. <laughs> um, and that's when like I would have kids like pull up on me that I didn't know that were like, hey, man, I uh, hear you're pretty good at Call of Duty, bro. Uh, yo, you should, you should you should see me, bro. Like, what's up? Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll smack you like type of thing. Like it'd be like kind of a competitive thing. But it was always cool, though. Yeah. Like I, I'm not trying to make it sound like it wasn't cool. But um. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of like acknowledgement just because, you know, video games are really big for high school kids and it's only gotten bigger, it seemed like. But um, it was it was like, yeah, that's the kid that skipped school to play Call of Duty on the releases. And, you know, all he does is play Call of Duty. That's like literally what it was, man. Like, I, I kid you not. I would skip school for the Call of Duty release. I would like take days off to play Call of Duty. It was like kind of bad, bro. So that's like what I'm saying, <laughs> there's so much time spent on technology, um, and call of duty in particular, but it was real fun though. You know, it was real fun and opened up some experiences. And, um, I never had a problem with like friends and stuff like that. I wouldn't say it. I was, was pretty fortunate. People were always real nice to me. So, um, I didn't get like picked on or nothing or, um, yeah, man, I was just lucky, dude. <laughs> just a lucky kind of guy. What do you, how do you think, this is like a weird little question, I guess. Actually, do you mind if I ask sure. how old you are now? 
Yeah, I'm 25. Gotcha. All right, yeah. So then it's it's been a little bit in your life since then. How like For sure. how impactful and shapeful? Like, would you have your mentality? It seems like Jesus. I'm terrible asking questions because I don't want to be rude. But it's like Duh. you almost had to go through the technology part to like now embrace this wokeness of awareness and like not looking for distraction. So I'm wondering like how big of a deal that Call of Duty years were for you and your development. So um, like as a question, how big do I think that they were? Just on like, like I can you... I can I acknowledge like I mean I, I get you though. That's not that's not the easiest question to kind of form, right? Um so like like do you regret there is there a regret for that experience? Or is it like, man, that was part of what I needed at that time? Because it's almost like you got the gamer out of you because you did it yes. so intensely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the density, yes. you took fucking 20 years and you squeeze it into two. And it was like, phase of my life is over. I'm good. And I can roll Pretty on. Pretty much. And I would say that that's a good way actually to look at like with certain things that I do. I, I can be pretty extreme in that. But um it's yeah, definitely like no filter. It was like full all gas, no brakes. Yeah, I think that I squoze out the majority of that. And the biggest takes from um, that that I'm able to acknowledge now is one being I was really close to being able to achieve the dream of um, being like a streamer and full time Call of Duty player. And I sold myself short, right? So I was like, you know what? Nope, this isn't for me. Something in me wasn't feeling right about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. So what I've decided and I've come to now with that experience is next time you decide to throw a bunch of time and energy and effort into something like that, don't quit. Like, don't give up. You know what I mean? Like, you were right there, man. It was right there. And you could have made it happen if you held out were a little bit more patient and stayed committed to it so that was one like lesson i feel like i learned from that portion of my life as well as the whole experience with austin young seeing from the start of um his is not the start beginning beginning of his cancer um treatment stuff but to see him have a neck one day that i saw him and then the next time i saw him half of his neck was removed um, there was something real moving about this guy. All he wanted to do was the same thing that I wanted to do. He wanted to become a professional Call of Duty player, but he understood that he couldn't because of his, um, his, you know, his condition. It didn't necessarily allow him to be as sharp as he'd like to be. And he taught me a lot about just being able to find happiness. And I, I don't like to say happiness. I don't want to say that like, to find joy in any circumstance, I would say, and to be able to be strong when you're literally like, the guy was dying like every day and never once did I hear him complain about anything. Never once was he um, like negative towards anybody. He was always just the happiest guy, always thinking about what he could do next to further improve the charitable profit of um, his, what he was supporting. And that was cancer patients and, gaming for um, people with cancer and people with needs. So it was really um, inspiring in that regard. I think between those two things, that was that alone has impacted my life in a way that I can see now and how I approach new people, how I approach new things, and all around having just that much more compassion 
as well as that much more, um, I would say that much more balls to tell somebody when they're on the fence about if they want to do something like, no, bro, go after it, like get after it, go and make it happen. You could do it, bro. Why are you doubting yourself? You know? Um, and that's in real world situations. You won't catch me like on, on Instagram shouting and like all this and that uh. about, you know, like this motivational shit. No, like I'm not, I'll, I'll do that in person if I feel yeah. that it's, it's necessary, but from to get back to what you asked initially, I think that was the whole purpose of it was um, those those times that the two year span of just excessive video game playing. I don't think it was in vain. I think that the big picture for me and where I'm at now, it helped to develop some of the positive things that I like about myself now um, and helped me to see things in a different light. So oddly enough, yeah, through sitting there playing Call of Duty, <laughs> it just leads to all these other experiences, which is why you never know. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you never know. I would say if, um, if you have anything that you're genuinely interested in, you think that you have potential doing so, like just give it everything that you have, put everything that you have into doing it and see where it takes you, you know? I mean, it seems like that's kind of what you're doing with uh, your podcast. It seems you're consistent with it. And, like, you found something that you really like and you're just you're sending it, man. You started doing your research on how to put it together and to uh, make it happen, right? So Yeah, I can't just, market it worth a shit, though. That's my biggest issue. <laughs> it's like, you said what? I can't market Marketing? it. Like, that's the next thing I got to start reading about and figuring out is, like, how to... Cause it's, uh, and again, it's not about me, but like the, the podcast thing is, it seems weird cause there's so much out there and I don't have like this target audience and everything I've read about like, Hey man, if you want to do something with your podcast, you got to have a target audience. I'm like, well, I don't know who I'm going to talk to. I, so when you go to advertisers, it's like, okay, well, if I go to Dewey, Dewey crush who um, sells delicious alcoholic beverages, it's like, yeah, I'm going to have um, people who talk about child trafficking and how that's not a good thing. And it's like sponsored by Dewey Crush, the taste of summer, like probably doesn't go well with that, you know, and it's definitely so, not. So it's one of those weird things. But I, I guess I don't do it. It's a little different, I think, for me than for you and someone like you at your age, because you're looking at like that gaming as opportunity, as career as income where I think what I'm doing with this is just seeing like, it's kind of cool that I got my own fucking thing. Like I almost look at it like I created a business out of nothing, even though it's not profitable, it's still mine. And I get to like figure stuff out by going through it. Mm -hmm. And that's the joy I get out of this is like the strategy of what can I do to make this from nothing into something, whether that's downloads, whether that's follows, whether that's advertisers. You know, whether that's the ability to get people on, dude, like it really pisses me off. I'll be on somebody and I'll email them and be like, hey, do you want to come on the pod? And I'll get a politeful decline. And then like two, three weeks later, I see him on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I'm like, who the fuck did I think I was that this person was going to give me three hours? And they're on like that Joe Rogan realm, you know, man, it's like it, it, that probably feels like a kick in the nuts. Dude, you know, a it's, bit such, it's such a fuck you. To me, but it, yeah. like I get it at the same time, like your time's limited, right? And your mm -hmm. business is advertising and you want reach and you want market because you're ultimately trying to sell a product by going on. Um, so I get it, but it's um, like, I think that's more my goal. My challenge would be like, I want to email people and have like not get no's 
I want to get like, fuck yeah, man, that sounds great. That'd be awesome. People will listen and shit like that. Yeah. You know? I think, uh, I think in time, bro, like just keeping on consistency, like you're, you're on the way, dude. I mean, you, you talk like real well, you have a good presentation and it's cool. Like just to know that you're passionate about it. So it, it'll happen for you, bro. It's just a matter of, uh, consistency. It's see, it's not about being the best looking guy, the funniest guy, or the most handsome guy. It's about <laughs> being the guy that just doesn't leave. And you just yeah, read them out. <laughs> Straight up. Just don't take no for an answer. <laughs> That's man. all it like, is. Don't take no waiting. for an answer. Keep bothering the shit, bro. Keep bothering <laughs> the people that you want, bro. You know? Like, no you doubt. Just send it. <laughs> In a very respectful way. Um, Can I go back? Because I got on a tangent there. But I like the idea. Yeah. When you said you were so close, I don't understand what that means. Because in my head, I'm thinking like certain followers or is it invites or is it like jumping a team to get in better competition i keep trying to think of it like sports like mm-hmm. freshman jv varsity and then trying to get like a d1 scholarship in college definitely so i guess it's a little funky because the way that you view it too but it was more so with the realm of individuals that i began to play with was increasingly going up in terms of skill and placement at events so when I started out, I like say we have a timeline at the beginning of the timeline. I started out playing with people that weren't even going to events. Then a couple months in, I started playing with people that would place in the top 200 at the events. And then as I gradually went on, I went to play against people that were placing top 50 to 32. And it's kind of like bridging that gap each time a little bit. So I got to the point where my team, we placed top 32. That was the best that we had placed out of, I want to say it was 180 teams, which, you know, it's not the greatest, not the worst, but it was the opportunity to play against people that were in that top 12 realm. So that's when you're playing against like optic phase complexity at the time um uh for Rico, uh, there's like a lot of like these weird names and stuff that maybe somebody that was playing would recognize but that's what i mean by i was getting closer so i was able to build the connections now with those guys to get scrimmages with them online versus only being limited to playing them at events uh, so yeah so with each really event it was getting that way you know no, I'm sorry. I didn't if, mean to interrupt you, but I'm like, oh, so like no, you're it's good. a little bit of like what I was saying about whatever, like this author of um, The Drunken History being like, oh, ask my assistant. As soon as they have an assistant, I'm like, I'm fucked. If I ain't dealing with you direct, it's, it's going to be harder. Although I've gotten some people with assistants on the pod, which has been cool. But it was an access to Whoa. individuals for you that um, was like, oh, shit, man, I'm growing in this. Yes. And through the access of individuals, don't view it in like a clout kind of way. It was more so like they are inaccessible because of their skill. So the greater that my skill goes up, the higher chance I have of being able to um, get into the circle of people that have the most skill and in turn um, the most influence in the gaming community with their YouTube as well as their placements. So with the the brackets, you would get a seed. And if you're amongst the top 12 teams to win uh, or place top 12 at the last event, you would have the best seed. So that gives you the best chance at having a buy round, which would like immediately put you ahead. 
And then for me, I was looking at it like uh, my family, we don't come for money or nothing like that. We, like I said, my, my pops, he has like his renovation uh, business that he's worked and he showed us how to work. And that was, you know, what put food on the table, right? So anyway, for me, I looked at it like, damn, well, if I'm getting closer and closer, if I place this, that means that I put $2,000 in my pocket right now. And then if I place this, that means, shoot, I'm, I'm not all that far off from putting 25000 in my pocket in a car. And it's like, I'm thinking about it in terms of like, all that I could do with that money right now to influence not only myself or impact, I should say, not only myself, but what I got going on at home too would be like really sweet. So that was a big motivating factor. And honestly, it even today still remains a big motivating factor. Um, by no means are we like hurting, you know, but um, definitely in a place where like, it would be easier to my dad. He's like, he's over 50, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. a lot of guys that are over 50 still doing manual labor, but I would like to be able to contribute and pay back. So that, that was, that was it, man. Like as far as like being close is being close to those kind of things. Um, the success of it, I should say, which it could be a kind of shallow, it could be a kind of shallow um, realm for some people. Some people, they could be really in depth with what they deem to be successful, you know? Yeah, but, um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I see, it's funny because what is success? And I'm like, success is, yeah. to me, I've always defined it as options. And I'm like, <clears throat> what is freedom? Freedom is just options. And I've worked kind of in my life to be like, have options. I don't want to, I don't want to be on a budget. Now I don't, I don't, I don't have aspirations to whatever, like be a baller was what we'd call it back in the day. It was like just yeah. fucking just throwing money at everything, right? But I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be worried about money. And I feel yeah. like that's a nice sweet middle spot, like middle class to be in where it's like I might not have the best of anything, but I don't definitely won't have the worst and I don't have this like fear of what I have losing or I have like options if I want to lose my job, I can cuz I got enough in savings. If my car breaks down, I can get another car, my credit and I have my savings. Like it wasn't like that always and it fucking sucks. It sucks when like your car breaks down and you're like, "Well, I'm fucked. Can't get anywhere." 100%, <laughs> 100% man. I feel that. Yeah. Like it's it's been it's been gnarly with cars um over time. So that's like something too that I'm actually really interested in. I love cars. I like working on cars when I can. So like I've always had like older cars. Right now I have a 91 Mazda Navajo. Mazda <laughs> really Navajo? Unusual. I've never even heard of a Mazda Navajo. I gotta look that it's up. It's basically <laughs> like a, uh, kind of like a trailblazer, but for Mazda. Um, and the difference being what makes it kind of unique is it shares a similar platform um, to the Wrangler 4.0 Jeep motor. So it has a really nice motor in it, which is sweet. But um, it's an unusual car, man. Like what I had before that was a 1987 uh, E30 BMW. So it was a 325i stick shift, you know, all original. It was, it was super sweet. But uh, I just had to make some space. So I like old cars and stuff. And yeah, with that comes exactly what you said. Shoot, when it breaks down, you either got to fix it yourself or, you know, you're you're paying somebody out to do so. Unfortunately, this last time the BMW broke down on me, I was like, you know what? I can't fix it, so I got to sell it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, is it weird having a BMW at all? Just, just uh, like, with, so when you go with like the word shallow about trying to earn money with games, I'm, I hear the word BMW and there's a yeah. lot that goes with that word. 
you know? I, I, I feel you. Um, I don't like, I don't have it, um, anymore, but the one that I got, it was like a cheap one, man. It was like an old school. I got lucky on it. It was, uh, uh, 1987. So it wasn't like anything too flashy or nothing, yeah. but I bought it for the reason in mind that I knew if I bought it at that time for the price I did, I'd be able to make money on it down the road. So huh. I, more than doubled my my money that I bought it for um, selling it a few months ago, actually. So that was, it was like a blessing, you know? But yeah, no, it is. So that time I had my mushroom experience, I actually had, that was when I was a douchey little kid, right? And I was, I was working my ass off and I was like making my money and I was like, all right, for sure. Um, and I did have a newer BMW at that time. And that's when it came down to, dude, detach yourself from the material things, you know? Um, so that was part of it. It's interesting that you mentioned that because 100% there is like this kind of weird stigma that comes behind having certain vehicles. And, um, it, it oftentimes comes from our own, like kind of insecurity, I guess, like wanting to feel like, oh yeah, you're the, you're the shit because you drive a certain car. It's like, nah, dude, you're the shit for what's inside, not the car that you drive, you know? Yeah. No, the status, right? The status that it brings Mm -hmm. is the judgment of others will know who I am without knowing who I am. Yeah. 100% man. That's hilarious. Did anything cool in the trip happen to the BMW? Like, did it like try to eat (laughs) you and you had to fight it off or anything like that? <laughs> no, dude. Like, so, so in the trip, just to give you like a brief, it's such a long story, man. And I'd probably be down to have just a like a conversation sometime if you'd like about the trip in particular. But <laughs> the only thing that that was really like, there's a lot of things that were really gnarly. But the biggest gnarly factor was my best friend that I had tripped with. Have you ever seen um, Dexter? Like Dexter Morgan? Um, a couple episodes, not a ton. Okay, so I thought for some twisted reason in my mind on that trip, which is probably a good thing, but um, because I was slacking and I had such an attachment to material things and like the my ego, so to speak, or like what people thought about me and um, like technology, all this and that, that I was just this shitty person, right? And it takes getting to that point in like trips or whatever. But anyway, so I thought that that justified my best friend, which is um, like he's he's really smart and like, kind of like he can be intimidating if you're talking to him. Right. So, uh, anyway, the guy that I'm tripping with, I thought he wanted to kill me for some reason. (laughs) So I, I was like freaked out, man. And, uh, once I came to the conclusion that no, this guy, this guy's not with me right now. This, he actually, he's going to put me on a table, bro. And he's going to bury me. So I got to go. So boom, zip. I ran and I just started running and I don't know how I did it, but my phone, it was so odd. My phone was on 1% um, when I made the call and I made the call to my mom (laughs) and I was like, yo mom, I'm at this place. Meet me here. I'm tripping on mushrooms. Just pick me up. And that's all that I said. And then I, I hung up. She was like, okay. And then she just made her way on over. Um, But I thought he was going to kill me. So yeah, that was like the, the only like kind of like, I can't say only, dude. There were so many, so many things, but that's what spiraled the whole, um, the whole bad kind of thoughts. I would say had the out of body experience right after that, where I flew from my neck and I looked down. I saw myself standing there with uh, in this in the middle of this roundabout. I threw my keys down. I threw my bandana down, which uh, symbolized. Uh, you know, the appearance and I threw my wallet and phone down. So that's, that's what it was, man. It was like, 
those things. You were like represent- literally shedding the materialism. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I was looking at it and I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. So um, that's like, it's a long story, man. Like there's this one point I looked at myself in the mirror and I saw like a, a Barbie kind of figure, like as if I was plastic, right? Like Ken. Uh... And I was like, dude. I'm so fucking fake, bro. That's crazy. So I started thinking about it like in this real deep sense of like, why would I be plastic? Like, and I could very well have just been overthinking it. I'd like to think not though, because I'm pretty happy like with how I've developed to this point. Um, and it's a lot different from how I was, you know, but man, crazy did times, you, man. Dude, that's... <laughs> Did you get to the, have you, do you have any theories about the root cause of why you feel you were that? Actually, you know what? No, what I'm thinking is like, were you really that materialistically self-centered? You um, think, cause that's... when you were explaining it earlier, it sounded like you had good intentions with the money. You weren't talking about like, yeah, man, I'm gonna get this 25 grand so that I can move out and be on my own. You literally were like, I yeah. want to help my family. So it seemed very yeah. genuine, you know? And, and that's the thing is I think, um, so you asked the root, um, I've like, oh, I've looked so hard. I was like obsessed with trying to figure out why it happened. Cause it, it, it really messed me up for like a amount of years. So during those years I had to do a lot of digging and what I've come to was maybe I wasn't so, um, so materialistically far off as I was. I just wanted better things for myself, but there definitely was a level of, um, unhealthy desire for certain things that were like that. I could be putting more energy and time into better things um, for sure. But anyway, the to come full circle back to like maybe a root, they do say sometimes if you take a larger amount of some kind of psychedelic um, substance or something like that, it could activate some dormant state that was in your brain like say if you were somebody that had had like some kind of bipolar disorder or like some kind of schizoaffective disorder or something i don't know i don't want to go throwing around all these terms but you know because i i really don't know but it could have activated something that was sitting dormant in my brain just uh biologically or physiologically i'm wondering if it was like a for some reason a fear thing like you were worried you were going to turn into that person or you were not that you were, but that you were on your way to being that. And it's like something maybe in your spirit wanted to beat that out of you. Cause it knew you wouldn't be happy with that. That's real interesting, man. I think that that could very well be, um, accurate too. I could say yeah, that that could right. be accurate. Like I wonder That's how much assessment. when we do, like when people do psychedelics, I wonder if you do get into that like spiritual universe, there's a little bit of fate going out there. There's a happy you that your body knows you're going to be happy with. And Mm -hmm. if it gets suppressed and then it gets let out, now it's like just full bore. Like I got to get this motherfucker's attention. Who knows if he's ever going to take shrooms again, right? And it's like, let me save him from himself. And I wonder if maybe that was part of it where you could have had all this success and you, as a kid, like what fucking child star gets a bunch of money and attention and like turns out okay and happy with their life later on. Like they mostly seem tragic afterwards, right? It does. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And like how many TikTok stars or fucking YouTube people, like what's that dude? And, um, I don't know if 
wasn't there one dude like Ninja or something like that? Was that Fortnite guy? Yeah, Ninja. He's real big on Fortnite. Yeah. Like, I wonder what he's up to now. Like, is he, does he, I don't hear from him or see anything from him just like in big media. And I wonder mm-hmm. if like that fucks with him or is he happy that he doesn't get the attention anymore? And he's like, you know what, man, I just blew up too much and I missed like regular shit. Right. You know, that's a good point, man. Maybe I was just headed down the wrong path and that was the way that whatever higher powers that be, I believe in, in God person. I'm not going to get like too deep in it but whatever higher powers that be that was their way of speaking to me telling me hey man switch it up so you can have the most fulfilling life you know that's um that's a good way to put it man that's my professional diagnosis since i like to throw around (laughs) terms um (laughs) i I have zero credentials in order to uh, zero credentials exactly you know i'm a doctor bro just in case you didn't know i'm a doctor too an uh, astrophysicist as well. So if you have any questions about you know what's going on uh, beneath the sun, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so just as a real stupid aside, and it's something I love doing with kids, I actually have my doctorate in reading. Oh, that's sick. And, yeah, and it's hilarious. And part of why I got it was just to never tell people about it. Like kids don't really know. And then every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, no, man. All you need to do is put some ice on that. You'll be fine. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, like I gotta go nurse. Like, I get iron. Like, nah, here's a cough drop. No, man. Like, I'm gonna, like, dude, trust me. I'm a doctor. What? You're, and like, it just <laughs> distracts them completely and keeps them in class. It's like one of those little cards I pull when I'm like, dude, you're, just, you're leaving way too so much. clever. <laughs> no joke. And it's probably funny. You probably get kids that react differently. Some kids that'll react more positively to it, right? And then some kids are just like, nope. I need to go here. I still need to go here. I do not care. It's like, it's funny probably, man. But just, how long did it take you to get that, by the way? Um, It's a real shitty, easy doctorate. Um, It's not one of those. So there's PhD where you add, I believe anyway. It's like, it's mine so lame that I don't even know the huge process. But basically, I believe there's two. PhD where you create your own contribution to a field. Or EDD, where you basically analyze and add to someone else's. So what I did was I just found um, something that interests me, which is the effect of sports on um, at-risk factors, which was grades, attendance, and discipline. And I researched it, and then I took data from my school and ran, make, basically made a spreadsheet to be like, is there an effect? The research says this. And let me see if that effect is in my school. And then I can add that to the, um, I guess that study. So kind of like cross-referencing. Yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause like basically I, the point of real science is to never fucking believe it. And it's always like, nah, <laughs> he could be wrong. Let's double check that shit. And then the more <laughs> you double check it, it becomes a theory. Like gravity is not an absolute gravity is still a theory, even though it always fucking happens. But I'm sure it seems to be pretty accurate. Yeah, right. It's pretty fucking reliable. But there are people out there that are like, you know, their goal could be like, I wonder if gravity really is in Antarctica. Has a human ever stood here and dropped a pen? Let's find out, man. And and that's some real shit because you want to question it because the more you question and analyze it, the more you get to what actually happens. Right. You can't do shit once and be like, yeah, that's right. Oh, for so, sure, man. Yeah. I, I feel that. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of the along point. the lines of your doctrine. 
Yeah, mine was real, real simple. So it was three years. I basically showed up on a Monday for three years, took classes. And then they were like, hey, what do you want to write a paper on? And then I wrote like a 90-page paper um, summarizing information, explaining what my research was, showing my research, and then um, writing like a conclusion about, hey, now that I know this, here's what I would do. Gotcha. Yeah. But dude, I mean, it's it's funny. You're, you're a real modest and humble guy. Like I could tell by, you know, you seem to downplay yourself a fair bit. But dude, that's that's super sick. Like, I mean... I couldn't, I could, it beats me, bro. I couldn't sit there and, and go through school like that. I mean, shoot, my, some people just not set up for it. I'm not one of those people Dude. that's set up for it. Yeah, but like, that's the weird part about where schools, and you were talking about critical thinking earlier. Like, dude, I, I scrolled all the way to the bottom of your Instagram, you were playing bass guitar. And <laughs> then, like, I'm scrolling up and I'm sitting there with my daughter. I'm like, hey, check out who's like coming on the pod tonight. And then there's one video of a beat and then it scrolls up and you can see like your computer screen. And a couple summers ago, we were fucking around with GarageBand and like had like four or five things oh, going sweet. on at once. And it yeah. was, and it's really cool. Like if you do that, man, it's really cool. And if you get into it, it's really cool. I don't gravitate Absolutely. towards it, but she saw that and she was like, wow, he's doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well that's cool like, you know? i appreciate but it, like you know? why isn't that like dude you being able to create actual music from nothing could you could argue is way more valuable to society than the fact that i paid 15 grand to get some fucking letters after my name well paying that 15 grand would get you like in my view where you can use um all your skills to you know, impact society to your fullest. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, that's a good point. part of like, yeah. And that's, that's where I think that the right, real so we're value equal. comes in. So we're equal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all humans, bro. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, you know, that's what, that's what I like. I like just acknowledging and appreciating one's strong points. And then if they ask, you know, they're like, Hey man, where am I slipping up? You know, or uh, if you feel the need to tell them like, you know, Hey, this is where you can maybe improve. But then again, who are we, right? So yeah. it's um it's cool though. So it sounds like your your kid, she likes uh music as far as like the DHW aspect, like garage band and nah, FL dude, Studios. Dude, I okay. wish, man. She played piano for like five, six years. Um I thought oh, she was that's so sick. Yeah, and, but she it was a grind for her. She really didn't enjoy it. She um mm. she would do it just like out of fear and compliance of like Hey, all right, you're going to practice piano or you're going to like do dishes, but you're going to do something for 20 minutes. You can choose, <laughs> you know, like you have this, you have this. Oh, um, I'd for sure pick piano over doing dishes anyway, bro. Any would, day, bro. <laughs> hope, I'd hope so, right? I thought that was like pretty good, but like she just never wanted to like do it outside of when she had to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, well, now you're getting to the point where we got to let you start making some choices of like, these are your interests. Spend time on your interests, you know? Um, 100%. But I'm also like battling the whole like, all right, dude, your fucking interest can't just be Snapchat for like an hour. I can't take that shit. <laughs> Sorry. That's that's not enough of an interest. Why? It's I'm making friends and I'm, I'm like, nah. I'm like, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> place to be as a parent with uh, social media. Oh, for sure, man. Like I, my, I'm a new uncle. So as of a month, and uh, my brother, he, I, I don't know how he's, <laughs> how he's going to do, well, he'll, he'll do fine. Like he's in the military and stuff. So he's pretty like, um, like precise with like, uh, 
I don't know. It, it'll, it'll, he's a simple guy, like a simple guy. As intricate as he is, I feel like he'll, he'll be fine with it. But I, I, I get to thinking, damn, bro, one day there's a good chance that I'll have my own kid and I don't plan to have a kid anytime soon. But um, I get to thinking about it, man. Like what you said, it's a weird place to be for a parent with social media and stuff like that. Because it's like, I don't know, there's, there's so many things that I guess you could worry about as a parent. Because at that point, I mean, you would know better than, than what I hear, but um, there's a certain level of your kid is like more important than you uh, to mo- in most aspects. Obviously, you need to take care of yourself, but making sure that that kid has everything that they need is extremely important. So it would be really like a heavy weight, you know, a heavy burden. <laughs> yeah, especially when you don't understand it man like my my limits instagram and i only got on it because of this podcast like i I didn't even have facebook i just i was very anti-social media i would just send you a text if i wanted to share a stupid fucking Mm -hmm. video with you i don't need to post it (laughs) on facebook and like hope you come across it i was like that that just seems silly to me um yeah but it's like the, the balance is to me is like if that's where everyone is making friends if that's how friends hang out, especially like we don't live in a neighborhood, we live more country. Like, do I really want my kid to not be the kid without it? Like, how's that going to be for her social adjusting? And then is that going to lead to a bunch mm-hmm. of resentment to me? And then at the same time, it's like, it also does give you something you can take away if shit starts going downhill. <laughs> you know, that's interesting, man. I never looked at it like that. That's that's for sure an interesting way to put it. Um, that's like real, yeah. That, it's that real militaristic. That's something your brother's going to do. Be like, yeah, I'll give you this freedom <laughs> just so I can take it away when you fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, but that's that's cool though, man. And, and I, as far as the social aspect of it, um, that makes a lot of sense. You don't want them to be without those social interactions, right? Yeah, they need to develop socially. And what's weird to me are the fucking, the addictive streaks. So this is going to make me sound really old about like Snapchat, but the big fucking thing is like, how many times do you reply to a person equals basically how much you like them? Like, and yeah, not, not so like, like, like you, so... but just like how valuable of a friend you are. Exactly. It sets up this really weird psychological thing. I had a conversation with this about, uh, with one of my friends the other day, she was like, yeah, you know, I'm really good at like keeping up on my Snapchat, Snapchat streaks or whatever. And I was like, what, like, what even is that? Cause I don't use Snapchat. And she was like, oh, that's like, you know, when you respond or like talk to somebody X amount of days in a row, there's this little fire emoji that comes up with a number and however many days in a row, that's how many, you know, how high your number will be. So like, I used to have like double digit numbers, like all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it like, it was like a little trophy to you to get those numbers up, right? She's like, well, yeah, kind of. I liked maintaining them. I'm like, dude, that is so crazy. It just got me thinking about how how they will spawn the idea of spend more time on my app. I will reward you. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know if that's where you were going with it, but it like clicked. It's the manipulation for the kid, 100%. But the other sad part is like, if we fucking go camping for a weekend and she, and like the reply is something stupid, like fucking, okay. Oh, I saw your story. Here's a picture of a table, send it back. And now my streak continues, which I'm like, so you're not even like actually interacting and laughing about some shit with them. Like you're just fucking, Oh, saw it done. But like the friends will 
give her shit. They'll be like, oh, are we not friends anymore? And I'm like, what? How does that happen? Well, remember when we went for that bike oh. ride on Friday? And like, because she doesn't have, um, she has to be on the internet to access it. She doesn't have like uh, data, a data plan. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, when we were just like out on the beach all day and then we went for a bike ride, then yeah, you weren't on your phone. Yeah, well, I lost like five streaks and a couple people think that I'm not their friend or I'm mad at them. So I have to just tell them what I was doing so that they know I'm not mad at them. And I'm like, that's a lot of fucking social pressure for a 12, 13 year old. Oh yeah. That's a lot of energy taken Dude. from you too. Right? Like, like you, extreme. Like if you're having fun on the beach, do I really want you worried about like, Oh, is there a chance we can go home so I can like snap streak up? Like, no, I don't even want that in your mind. I, I want you to be yeah. like in the, in the waves. Moment. Yeah. In the waves, yeah. man. In the, in the present play with sand. Fuck. I feel it. It's a, it's a real easy thing to get lost up in for sure. Like I could even say myself at times getting a little too, spending too much time on social media. It's like, it's, um, it's something that earlier on, like years ago, I was a little more concerned with and then watching it develop and pan out how it is. It's like, damn, you know, that's, uh, it's, you just accept it. Like for me, I I try to accept it to a degree, but I, I don't try to control, um, like like my brothers or anything like that having a kid would be a lot different i'd for sure be <laughs> controlling the the amount that they were on they're like no joke like no joke you could you could hate me if you if you want to hate me for it but like you know i would i would be more along the lines of yeah you got like an hour limited to an hour yeah and that's just because i believe in an hour of being able to shut down your brain you know just do nothing yeah because i i think that's it right like i think to myself playing mario my game was mario and it's like yeah, I just, it was, it's relaxing. I still, fuck, I play NBA 2K20 just against the computer now. And I'm like, it's a great way to just zone out and do nothing. And I Absolutely. think people need that. Like, that's fun. But if that's your primary and if you're twitching for it, um, <laughs> that, that's an issue, man. Yeah, definitely. It's real easy to be twitching for it today, too. It's all around, you know. Yeah. Got our phones. Got our uh, our cars even have it. So, like depending on it, what kind of cars you have, um, TV, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Like there's so many different avenues to just expend your time. <laughs> Is the, you know what I mean? Just take up your time. Yeah, and I I don't know. With these conversations, they tend to like go everywhere, which is a oh, good sure. and a bad thing. But I'm kind of <laughs> curious since we're talking about social media and just going back a little bit to your art. Like I would feel social media would be the biggest way if you're trying to get seen or develop like a following or maybe even get commissioned to be like, Hey, I want to buy that from you. Do you, mm-hmm. are you in that kind of place with it? Trying to balance that at all? Cause it looks like the majority of your social media, there was this weird little, which I don't get. Cause again, I'm a boomer. The, um, what are those like <laughs> background sounds that were on your SoundCloud? Uh, yeah. So like the, the, the audio that I have on my SoundCloud is what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's called something, right? Like not, is it ASMR or something like that? Oh, audio expression. I mean, I, I, I call it an audio expression, honestly, cause it's not like entirely, um, traditional formulated music. The way I approach it is like the kind of, I almost like just press record and kind of let it go but that's interesting asmr uh, that's that's something different that's like uh i would say if somebody were to go to like a chinese buffet 
hook up a mic to him and just start smacking in the mic, you know, like <laughs> that's what I think of, like what I think ASMR, you know, like they're just chowing down on some pork and like rice and all this and that, you know. So that's interesting, man, that you relate it to ASMR. I'm curious what, which, um, what part are you talking about? <laughs> now I feel like I insulted you. I thought it was no, like, no, well, no, because the way you described it is how I thought ASMR was. I didn't know ASMR was like that kind of corny. I thought it was like more some like background music to like that was non-rhythmic to just kind of zone you out and meditate on. Yeah, so like I'm not sure. There probably is a word for it. I would describe it as atmospheric noise, maybe if you wanted to say that. Okay. Um, you could say like ambiance, uh, or like maybe cafe music. Like that's what oftentimes has been uh, related to me the most. Is oh hey man, sounds pretty cool. Sounds like it could be played in a cafe while someone's having some coffee or something. Like, yeah, oh, right. Cool. Exactly. Just very chill background. It's not going to overwhelm, but yeah. it's it's just going to drown out like work noise or like so i think of asmr as like people trying to go to sleep and like they're just annoyed at the fucking cars or traffic or crickets or some shit and they want to drown it out yeah i need to look at what asmr actually stands for because i I don't even know like i don't even know the pure hold on i'm gonna check it out i've never looked that up asmr I'm almost positive you are way closer to being right about the Chinese buffet and I have way closer to insulted <laughs> the music that you were creating without meaning to though. Dude, no no insult at all. I speak freely. Autotom- autonomic sensory meridian response. That's what it stands for. So it has to do with Is the it- senses. Oh, that makes sense. So the other thing I was thinking like fucking like nails. Like if you just grind nails on a table or some shit. Um, yep. And you recorded that teeth clattering yep that's that's what it looks like uh, from the description kind of stuff like that then i, I would I'd say yeah that's not you maybe that, that wasn't maybe you could get that from music <laughs> from certain types of music say if they recorded that in their in their sounds you know like i'll say this have you ever heard of uh, leonard cohen no okay so he's a. Uh, He's a storyteller from back in the day, but he wrote the song Hallelujah. Um, so Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh, I thought that was a so, guy. Okay. Or maybe rewrote the song, I should say, to gotcha. a really popular version of in pop culture. But um, anyway, he has a couple old songs that he recorded where like you literally hear like him kind of smacking in the mic and it's very ASMR-esque feeling. So it was really weird and it could be like kind of bothersome to some people if they have um, that kind of auditory response. Gotcha. But um, I would say like that's that was one of the one of the first times I, I guess I could merge the two of music and ASMR of like way back when. It's like, damn, dude, that's kind of crazy. He didn't give a shit. He just recorded it how he recorded it. And that right. was it. Yeah, Which I thought I thought was kind of cool. But so, sounds um, like when I used to do ads for the podcast, um, people would be like, dude, stop drinking so much. Your fucking lips are smacked or like take a drink of a non-alcoholic beverage because you're you're ah, way too much on your intros. It's <laughs> <laughs> comedy, man. Um, uh, no, it's, but, it's good stuff, though. So the, the all that to get to like the balancing of do you try to use social media to promote? Any of the art that you do, whether it be the music or the graphics, the pictures? 
For sure. All the time. Um, I just, so I'm like, I know you're going to think that this is real weird, man. Like it just kind of all over the place. Right. I just started, um, and it'll, it'll, I won't go too far off. I know I tend to do that. Right. Yeah. But, I think I uh, dude, I, I think that's human nature and we both do. don't feel bad about that. Sweet. So I just started an apprenticeship in masonry where, um, I'll actually be taking the skills that I'm learning, um, through masonry and incorporating it into my art. But anyway, I've been really blessed to be put in this position. Um, they're like paying for like my school and everything and uh, my tools and everything, which is like super cool. Right. And teaching me like very high quality information. The school that I'm going to is like, I'm just real lucky right now. How did, um, but stay there for a moment. Like, how did that happen? Cause that I, I love kids that are uh, kids. Like you're a fucking kid. I love people who get into oh, I'm a kid, man. <laughs> I like people who like explore their interests and don't feel that school passion. And then they embrace the creative trades. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's me all day, man. Like I love trade work. Um, so I was actually painting this gentleman's house. Um, and that's what I was doing. Um, I, like I said, my dad has a renovation business, so we'll do painting, we'll do light woodwork, stuff like that. Um, but this particular case, we we're painting his house. And it's because he's a stubborn old mason, right, that thought he could do everything. So he was up on a ladder, fell off a ladder, blew up his knee. And um, unfortunate, but that's not the, the worst part of it. Or that's the worst part of it because, um, you know, he called us. So went to his house, right, doing work. And I see he has all these tools in the garage. And I'm like, damn, these look like these look like tools for masonry. This is pretty sick. It takes like a brain to be able to use these kind of things, right? So I'm looking around and before I can ask the dude, he's sitting there telling my brother, yeah, you know, when I spent time over there in masonry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, what? So I, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, um, so what did you practice in particular? And he showed me a little bit about things that he's built. Um, like he, he built a couple things, laid like some brick in his backyard, um, and it was really like nice work. So I was like, oh, dude, that would be sick to learn from you. So one thing led to another. He got me hooked up with um, this school that he was real close with. And uh, it's just been blessings on blessings recently, man. So I'm, I'm real grateful for it. But anyway, where it leads back to as far as my social media, my art. See, is, look at you um, tying shit together, man. Who said <laughs> you drift? <laughs> it, uh, it would... <laughs> more so expand the way that I was able to work though. That's the thing, like the, the way I'm able to work on my paintings and like put together canvases and stuff like that. Cause I have some like real big ideas that will take a little bit of time, but um, also been really blessed to get into contact with some successful artists in the regard of uh, financial success. And like they've gained a following over the years. Um, I'll, I'll like two of them. One is uh, Flocko Waters from New York as well as um, Michael Aftka from New York, which um, they're really, really talented. But anyway, um, I'm real lucky because uh, every once in a while, I'll ask them a couple questions and they'll respond like genuinely in a place of wanting to help me out. So they've given me the direction of just be patient, man, with your art. Like just keep expressing and doing what it is that you're passionate about as um, you know what you're doing now. And um, just be patient. It's a long game, you know? It's not going to be anything that happens overnight. And I kind of knew that going into it. I'm not really in a rush for anything. And that's kind of how I approach uh, my social media, though, is like, 
I'm in no real rush to get anywhere too quick. I'm learning my trade skills and ultimately I'll be able to build um, with my two hands my house from the ground up one day. That's like a really big goal of mine. Dude, that's pretty um, cool. Like just, I mean, like I feel that happened pretty frequently back in the day or at least that's like the romantic yeah. part of it yes you know like oh yeah pop up built this cabin and like oh yep. it's the family cabin and we never leave it and like now i don't know how many dudes can like even build a deck i think i might know two guys that i might trust in a weekend to help me with the deck i, I could <laughs> like I, I i'd stop right as soon as i heard the word footers i'd be like yeah i need to call somebody i'm out <laughs> well now you know three bro i got you <laughs> so like that's the thing bro like i, I really want to be able to um and it's it's along the lines of leave behind something for you know my family after i'm gone and what better way to do that than to purchase land build on the land and then leave it behind to them um to enjoy like a little slice right but anyway um to not get too mixed up with it i'm just being patient with it you know so i definitely use instagram as like an outlet for my art for um, my expression um i would say like as an artist i i feel more like an expressionist i don't want to put that label on myself but the reason being is because it's like very free floating i feel um and like not too free floating to where there's no direction but it's definitely um, my only source right now is uh, uh, for, for online anyway, is going to be Instagram. I also, I take that back. I also have some NFTs up on um, OpenSea that are linked through my Twitter. So I could, I could definitely avenue that in there a little bit as well. That's some more like electronic kind of stuff. But um, it's all based off of the art that I make in-house. I just manipulate it through edits and then I'll put it out as like an NFT. So fucking NFTs, uh, man. Those are <laughs> that's have you had any success in selling NFTs? I had one person um cuz I I'm not putting any money into dropping them um officially yet. I've had one person though like say that they wanted to buy one and that uh accept the invite for this buy and everything. And it seemed a little I didn't know enough about it yet, so I was like, "You know what?" I think uh, I think I'll just pause. So no, I haven't seen any real success. Only people talking about it. Gotcha. Well, I, it's almost like me. What I was saying with the podcast, it's like, yeah, just do some shit and figure it out. Which is yes, kind of the whole point of life. I'm Absolutely. just I'm looking back through your paintings now, man, or your art now. I shouldn't call them paintings. And something I didn't realize was a lot of it. Fuck. And I feel like this is going to be insulting again. Like. Collage. Insult away. <laughs> <laughs> You're so open. You're so open to my abuse. Um, Dude, I, I would not want it to be anything other than like, you know, your authentic, organic train of thought, man. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a stupid tangent, but something I've noticed doing the pod is that like I have a lot of stutter, repeat. I'm not very clear and concise with my words often as I lead into questions. And I've the issue for me is like, I'm always so self-conscious of, Hey, this is the first, like, it's the first time I'm talking to you. Right. Like you can't as friendly as I feel it is easy to be with someone when you invite them on a podcast and they accept, there's still this weird level of like, Oh shit, man. If I like calling your music ASMR, like, fuck, that could be a deal breaker. And now you could be <laughs> in a terrible space. So I constantly, no, when I ask about people really worry about, some word sort of like trigger word for him, you know? 
Yeah, um, just to give you like a little like, bro. There, I'm I'm not really easily offended, bro. Like like that. <laughs> I trust me. I've heard people like literally send me messages saying like, "This is definitely not art." I can't believe you're even making it. Like, I'm not kidding. And it, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's like, oh, okay. It's not for you. You know, like I, I mean, I, I do see a lot of penises in it, but maybe that's just me. I don't know if you meant that. <laughs> see, that's crazy, bro. There's somebody else has mentioned that before as well. I'm just kidding. So I'm, I'm just okay, kidding. Okay, well then maybe, maybe, maybe you're joshing me then. And Definitely the other not. person probably wasn't, I guess. I no, no, the other person had uh, intentions. But I'm looking at it and I right. really, it, it seems like a real cool graffiti mix of like collage. And I'm curious, do you just have like a shit ton of magazines and comics? Are you like drawing these papers and putting, are they even papers? That's so funny, man. Yeah, no, I have, uh, it's, they're definitely papers. So to be specific, um, there's this Stephen Hawking book called The Universe. Um, I think it's called The Universe. I pull sheets from that. I will also pull from old like vintage sheet music that I've read um and comics yeah man old vintage comics i'm pulling from them so i'm literally ripping pages out and i'm putting it right over the top and um that's kind of how i'm coming about doing that definitely inspired by graffiti though you're right on there like i will do graffiti eventually it's just like i said developing the skills to do it in the way that um, i want to do it which i'm in no rush right now i'll just keep doing what i'm having fun with you know but um and are these like on a canvas? So when I'm looking at the pictures, are they on a canvas that you just have stacks and stacks of canvas, man? Because like the more you scroll through this, it's fucking endless. Like this is an <laughs> insane amount of work, dude. So it was um, primarily on um, paper. So there's like a lot of, most of these are on paper. There is... Let's see if I have any canvases on here. All of the stuff on Instagram, I want to say, is on paper. And then okay. I'm able to throw it into a frame. Um, if I like it, I'll throw it into a frame. And then um, there's, like, the electronic edits and stuff at the top. But it's mostly on paper. I have some canvases gotcha. that I haven't put out yet. So, like, I'm working on them. I just want to get them to the point where I'm like, yep, that's what I was trying to express. And then I'll put it out, you know, um, also building canvases too. That's what I'm really excited to get into. So like when I'm able to, I'm able to do it now, it's just a matter of taking the time because it'd take me a bit to do so, but to take like some driftwood or something like that and, uh, take a tarp, actually, all you need to do is take a tarp from like the paint store cut it into according size and then string it to the driftwood and tack it to the driftwood somehow, however you want to do so. There's a bunch of ways to do it and then just paint over it. Like that's what I'm going to do pretty soon is the graffiti idea. Yeah. I like that you mentioned graffiti because that's going to be a little avenue that I venture into a little bit in the near future. So, um, but simple answer is they're on paper right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> simple answer. And as I was looking at them, I'm like, I guess that's the better word instead of canvas or paper would be like, do you actually save these? Right? So yeah. Absolutely. Dude, the style is so fucking urban, man. Like I look at that and I don't, I, I 
this is definitely not insulting. This is me trying to be stupid. But the vibe <laughs> when you were talking about the anger would be like this repressed churchgoer who finally got a weekend away and was able <laughs> to just express all these pent up emotions of freedom in the world that they see for the first time. And I'm like, it's such a cool blend of the lines <laughs> with the paper and how you like merge them to make them into something. And then as you scroll through, dude, it's almost like you have like little periods of your own life where the shit's like connected. You know, like, oh shit, here are 10 where it's like just black and white. Oh, bunch of color. Oh man, he got away from the paper and the Superman stuff. Oh, he's done with the music now. He's into like something more psychedelic. And it's kind of <laughs> cool that it's like own little like art gallery tour of shit you've created, man. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Um, the, the angry churchgoer that got a little taste of life, for sure, bro. I could definitely say that. Like, a little bit about myself. My parents were pastors, actually, up until I was, like, 12. So it's, it, it was a while, bro. Yes, it was a while. You're feeling that correctly. And, yes, there certainly are references to things of the sort. Um, it's more so like a, a – I view Instagram right now with – how I said, like, it's more so patient platform to express myself, right? As also a timeline for me to look back at, like how you mentioned, you're looking through it and you're just like, oh yeah, I could tell that, you know, maybe you were into this at that time or there's more color here. And absolutely, that's absolutely a portion of what it is. Like if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it was literally me thinking, okay, me playing instruments, I'm just going to post that. And that's like, you know, what I'm going to do, that'll be my Instagram. And then it switched into hey, maybe you could do some like electronic edits and that's kind of cool. Well, you actually like doing physical work, so just paint or do charcoal or whatever it might be, you know? And it's all um, connected because when me personally, when I look back at it, I can look back at those times when I did those things um, like in this kind of order and piece together where I was at mentally and where I was like going. And then to see kind of if I made the progress that I wanted to make or if I took a different direction, whatever. It's real weird. And I'm not – you say that you're not good with words, man. For sure not um, the case. Like I, I think it's everybody doesn't quite have the words to say to explain exactly what they want at times, you know. It's kind of one of those things. Um, I can't fully put into words what it means, but I know in time I'll be able to explain it better, you know. It's I, – I think the way you're looking at social media is – Cool. I, I love it. I love the fact that stories pop up and it's like, I, I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I'll post something not from a selfish, let me get attention. Although the, I guess the attention is kind of needed if you're going to have a business, but really yeah. it's like, I want to like, remember this, right? I want this to come up in a year or two and remind me of what was happening. Or I want to like, look back and be like, Oh yeah, man, that was a terrible time. Or, Oh, that was a great time in my life. And that's um, something that I was very biased towards social media, I guess with like selfies and all that, selfies and all that. No, just selfies. The fact that like selfies <laughs> were just so predominant. It's like, why does everybody always put their fucking face in everything? And I feel you. Then, but then at the same time, we're like, maybe they just really want to remember what they look like at that moment of their life. Yep. And I was like, oh, 100%. you know, why am I being such a judgmental prick? Like they're, <laughs> they're allowed to want to remember this really nice haircut or the fact that they were feeling fly that day, like, why not? Dude, and I feel you, it's come to that only through, like, like 
um, wanting to be more understanding. And I, I feel like honestly, age, I'm going to sound like I'm super old, but like, <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate that aspect of they're probably not always taking that selfie just to be taking that selfie. It's likely to document that point in time for them to look yeah. back on and kind of go back into a nostalgic feeling. Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I feel you, bro. I feel you 100%. <laughs> Um, I'm super curious cause I had myself a little religious kick that I went through and got over and I'm okay. always real curious at lifelong Christians or religious people versus those where it seems like it's more of a phase in their life. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why the pastor's son, um, didn't stick with you. Um, it's like, I wouldn't say, um. Yeah, I guess I would say that certain things stuck with me rather than like the whole I got to be in church. I got to be like super condemning. I just didn't like the condemning factor that um, the church, I would say, not so much Christianity, but rather organized religion. I hate that term because it's so broadly used now. But um, just like the church can be very condemning. And I didn't necessarily like that. So my personal experience and my personal path took me on a place of doing the things that were perceived to be of condemning nature or like what they were condemning people for. I wanted to do those things just to show that you can do those things and still be a good person, I guess. And it's like really weird, but like super anti, right? Like super anti, like rebellious kind of feeling. Um, and just Wait, be like, yeah, you? you can still love on people. You know what I mean? What was I the example like, you were thinking of, of the thing you wanted to do just to show them that good people can do this? Like, did you want to smoke Newports? Oh dude, like <laughs> do cocaine, like straight up, dude. Like that's literally just go out, have a fucking blast, hit a couple of lines and just do like some crazy shit, you know, like say what's up. Like I need, dude, like, I don't want to get too, like, non-wholesome with it. But, you know, have, like, a threesome, bro. Like, shit like that. Like, crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like, just go out and live your life. Get pretty faded, fucked up at times. Do drugs. Do different things. And then through all of it, still have a heart for people, you know? So, like, it, it that's... I feel genuinely that I do have a heart for people. So that's what didn't leave me from my core beliefs. And I still um, believe a lot of, um, like, the core values, for sure. Like, I mean, shit, dude, I have a cross tattooed on my ring finger. I have, like, the Star David tattooed on me. And it's just, like, those things to remind me to look back when I am in those more dark times, I would say, that, you know, I'm good, bro. Like, you're you're good. Like, you know where you're at. And um, part of <laughs> experiencing, like, all those kind of things has brought me back to, all right, now I kind of understand why they say having a sober mind is the best mind. Cause for me personally, that I just operate better, dude, when I'm sober as a gopher, you know, like that's just literally it. I can function for sure. And I have functioned, um, off of like really gnarly, gnarly, uh, alcohol diets, we'll say, <laughs> but, um, like, you know, that's something that I found in, only only getting to the point where you're like real low and in, in certain things you know um it's like a humility thing the church kind of teaches you to be having your nose in the air the one i grew up in anyway taught me a little bit to have my nose in the air right and um it was like i never sat too well with it 
but I appreciate it because it at the same time did allow me to take myself seriously to a degree. So that's like, I don't know. It's a really mixed up thing, you know? Yeah. What do you Um, mean take yourself seriously? So like by taking myself seriously, not taking, uh, not taking bullshit, you know, like if you're going to go say for instance, I want to go and I want to paint this picture and I'll just say it's not too serious. Right. But it'll be serious enough to where it, it could like influx somebody. I want to paint this picture and I want to throw it out there. And then I have some person that tells me that, Oh yeah, no, that's, that's not like real art, bro. Like that's not like, what are you even doing? Why are you even doing that type deal? I could either do like listen to them and put that doubt that they have within themselves on me. Or I could be like, nah, like I, it, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Cause I know where I'm at and in knowing where I'm at, I have to take myself seriously to a degree to know that not what everyone else says is always accurate, you know? So I guess it's maybe not so much. That's how I view it. Anyway, I would say that's how I view it and taking myself seriously. Yeah. It's just like the church helped you in what way for that? They're so rock solid, man. in their beliefs, you know, (laughs) like so rock solid that like you cannot shake them dude so it's i've had arguments with them um like some of the elders and like you know other pastors and stuff like that i wouldn't say arguments debates like growing up conversations my friend conversations absolutely like very deep conversations that were like um extremely passionate and they would test me too man they would like test me to see if i could hold like my ground so now all right i'm seeing it yeah, and I'm I'm like grateful for those times because it helped me to you know kind of develop that in my personality. Going back, um, and I'm, I can't remember how far back, but about when we we're talking about schools with critical thinking, and I was yes. trying to think about what I emphasize, just like if as a stakeholder in a school as a decision maker, and what you just said there is I don't know if that's critical thinking. I guess it is in a sense, but there's a better word for like making sure you can back up your thoughts. Like, dude, you're not just going to say some bullshit and be like, Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Well, Mm -hmm. it's cool. Oh, awesome. Explain what's cool about it. Well, it's fun. Well, no, those are synonyms. And when you're constructing an argument, you don't want to use synonyms that would be repetitive. So develop, (laughs) what do you find attractive about it being cool? And like, I'm not going to judge you, man. Like, dude, I love the colors. Awesome. So you love cool colors. Let's put that in the same sentence. That'll be more succinct. What are those colors, right? And like just having to explain yourself is a huge, huge match part of your maturation process. Cause you get to, if you can't explain sure. yourself, you're like, well, do I actually, am I that? <laughs> if I can't get yeah. into it, is, am it's I It's like anything? doubt starts to creep in, you yeah. know? And you're and open then... to change and maybe you should be open to change, right? Because if, mm-hmm. Or you haven't thought about why you value something enough to express it. Do you really value it if you never think about it? 100%. Yeah, so that's – I think that's really neat that you were able to get that. I think that's a great explanation of the church for like how they help you to be more solid is like they make you have to explain yourself. 100%, man. And growing up, like I don't like to use the whole, oh, yeah, because I was a pastor's kid, blah, blah, blah. Like definitely not, but – I'll tell you, there's, uh, they will, 
they'll stick it to you a little more if they know that your dad is the one that's giving the word. You know what I'm saying? So oh, they'll, dude, they'll definitely oh, yeah. try. You on your P's and Q's, buddy? And then, like, you know, if you think differently, then they're for sure going to want an explanation. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Um, and, um, yeah, it's I'm grateful for it all in all. What happened with the whole I was the pastor's kid till 12? Did your, like, parents kind of get out of being pastors? Yeah, so it became a, um, like... It became a little overwhelming for them um, for like doing that all the years. And then I got five brothers in total. So four, oh, wow. five of which were under the same roof for a long time. And then I have a half brother that lived elsewhere. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a while of that. Oh, what's up, Mom? Okay, for sure. Love you, lady. <laughs> speak of the devil <laughs> but uh so it's uh, just just to be fair and balanced we want, do want to show both sides exactly <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was it, it just became a lot though man um and it wasn't like any type of bitterness or like any like bad thing it was just like oh you know what we need to do something different and we feel that our calling right now is to go and do something different so they stepped down from a pastoral position and they went and we actually helped to start um, a church elsewhere, which we didn't have all the responsibilities though at that point of, um, you know, like upkeeping with like worship team and uh, the music and all these, there's a lot that goes into it. But um, what happened was, yeah, you know, kind of just faded out of it and started to explore different avenues as a family and then develop more um, independence as individuals as we get older, right? So that's kind of, I guess, what happened. I'm not sure if that answers your question or not. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, it does. I'm, I think in my mind, I'm make, well, I shouldn't think what I'm doing in my mind because I know. I'm making assumptions that I kind of like, which is it sounds to me like your parents wanted to be more parents than pastors and that's yes. always like the rap against great coaches great leaders is that their kids are shit and it's like well how come they're <laughs> such a great leader and their kids are shit it's like well it takes a lot of time to be a great leader <laughs> and you can't really yes. give attention to your kids and those in your home when you're mm -hmm. out leading everyone else and everyone else's problems are your problems because you are everything's finite. <laughs> you only have so much time. You only have so much attention. You only have so much energy. And dude, 100%. I, I couldn't imagine with like me, dude, I feel strained trying to have this side hustle of a podcast, play with my kid, be a teacher. And it's like, can I have fun and be your dad? Can I, can I be around you as a basketball coach? Like maybe I can try to incorporate it. But now I'm like looking out for other kids grades and I'm like, Holy dude, I'll look up fucking 25 other kids grades and I'm like, is my daughter even passing? Let me check her shit real quick. And like, <laughs> it's not the priority. Right. And like, she does pretty well in school, but like, that's, that's not good. Right. And it's like, if she was struggling in school, I'd have to face the fact of, should I be doing basketball and talking to kids about their accountability? But I got a ditch helping my kid with homework. Cause I got practice for three hours. Like, that's not cool. And uh, it's a crossroads that a lot of adults probably, like maybe even from a sense of pride, wouldn't want to step down from a position of power to help their 
kids, to spend more time with their family, right? Like, so I, I don't know. That's how I filled in the gaps of what happened. I think that's really nice. It definitely, um, yeah, you're, I would say that's, that's real accurate. Like the viewpoint, they dish more time into us. And yeah, it was like getting to a point, I think, where they recognized, I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I wanted to have um, like more attention from them or like, you know, in that regard not to feel like all the other kids at the church, you know, cause they're basically like, they're the youth pastors. So they were like parents to like a shit ton of kids, you know? And then there's like, when we got home, they'd kind of be a little more spent and don't get me wrong. They're always real good parents. I was, I'm extremely lucky bro to have the parents that I have. Um, but, uh, yeah, they definitely were able to dish out that specific time, like that extra time once they got out of that position for sure i remember complaining to him one day because they went to the school that i was going to didn't even say hi to me or anything when i was in sixth grade man and i was bummed and uh they went and had lunch with um one of the the kids from from the church and i like i didn't understand it at the time you know i was just like this jealous little kid i was like what the heck so yes in that regard it it definitely um was a little taxing but i don't i don't think about it until it's brought up you know like once you when you brought up the point right now yeah that definitely um that definitely lines up with what happened other thing too is you mentioned coaching like I played baseball growing up and up until eighth grade but um then you know my dad he was able to coach my teams and stuff and he was real competitive we did like travel ball and stuff just in California though we didn't we didn't go travel no states but um dude California is its own country you don't need to leave California to fucking get competition. You live in Delaware, do travel ball. You got to leave Delaware. You live in California. I imagine it's uh, it's good enough. Oh, it's pretty competitive. We got our ass whooped one time. I'll never forget by uh, Manteca. So out there in Manteca is where they have like insane coaches and like the most like crazy uh, programs where they take it religiously. Like literally, it's like a religion, I swear. But it was 22 to nothing. 22 to nothing. They smoked us. Yeah, we thought we were good until we ran into Manteca. <laughs> all it takes is one good pitcher and a couple good bats, and it's over. Your your pitcher will lose their mind, and then yep. you got nothing. That's what happened, man. That's definitely what happened. It was like one of our ace pitchers too. He was like a he played baseball when baseball season, soccer when soccer season type deal. Yeah, and he was just a stud. And then they were smacking him, so they got in his head early. But uh, anyway, I did, yeah, <laughs> big fish, you know, real big fish. Yeah. But um, Delaware, it's it's a little more cold out there, right? Yeah, definitely. Like it, you uh... guys get snow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so like the geographical bias of how easy it is to forget that climate isn't the same everywhere you go. Like, dude, yeah. so I just went to Charleston, South Carolina. And like Myrtle uh-huh. Beach. Have you ever been East Coast and out there? Dude, no. I, I I have when I was like, I don't remember it much, man. I went to New York once and that was it. Gotcha. Yeah, fuck New York, man. I'm over cities. I've found that out about <laughs> my life. Like, dude, I'm not trying to be cramped, honking, not being able to make like a left-hand turn. Like that shit's oh, just 1, pay for fucking parking all the fucking, like $30 for an hour. It's much. But anyway, um, about Myrtle Beaches. So I live in the beach of Delaware. So Delaware has like the Delaware Bay, but you get the Atlantic ocean and there's like right on the tip. So 
we have a real short continental shelf so you can take maybe 30 feet out and it just drops and the waves it's more skimming than surfing if that matters so the break happens real close to the coast um and the water is okay. typically pretty pretty cold um it might be yeah. like 67 70 degrees today maybe it might be 70 um went to myrtle beach dude and it's fucking bath water and you can just walk forever and there's no rocks <laughs> in the sand like there's no shells Damn. and you're like what is this? Like, why would I ever want to leave? And see, I I would like to go. Yeah, are you? Do you surf at all, or you just enjoy the beach vibe? I just enjoy the the water, honestly. Yeah. I uh, I more so like hopping in the water and then kind of filling it out. Like, I like to swim a lot, but I haven't been surfing now. Oddly enough, now I grew up out in California. And uh, never, never went surfing. Only went to the beaches. Maybe flew a kite every once in a while. <laughs> you know, very real basic stuff, man. Nothing too, <laughs> nothing too interesting there. <laughs> amateur body surfer. <laughs> you know, aspiring amateur body surfer. Yeah. Um, do you know what skimboarding is? Is it popular out there on the West Coast? Um, it's a. Uh, Basically, like what you said, right? Just body surfing, right? You kind of float around on like a small, small surfboard, right? No, dude, no. So that's probably more like boogie boarding. Okay, boogie boarding, yeah. Yeah, so skimming actually is real fun. Dude, if I'd have fucking known about skimming before I was 40 and worried about tearing an ACL, I'd have been all on this <laughs> shit. So if yeah. you picture um, like a Captain America shield, that's a uh -huh. little more pointed like a spear. Okay. okay. So it's not as long as a surfboard and it's made of like fiberglass. So it's thin and you stand up on the beach and you wait in time as the waves crash and you charge at the waves as they're receding into the next wave. So you skim oh. on top of it and you let the tide or the wave bring you into the next wave. And then it's like, you're a fucking skateboarder in a pool. You're doing kick flips. You're fucking flinging that thing. Like these dudes go ape on it. That sounds super fun, actually. Dude, it's, I think uh, it's next time I next time I make it out, I'll have to try it. Dude, fall on my ass a few times. Yeah, get get the bigger. Don't be the fucking sucker that buys the twenty nine ninety nine like wooden skimboard that's okay. like two feet long. Like just fucking deal with three hundred dollars for like a four or five foot one. I think. Do it right is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to right, if you're oh, going to do it, do it right. But man, if you're into the Surfing to me was always tough because you're so much fucking waiting and then like it's unfulfilling. Like, okay, I missed the wave. Let me paddle on back and wait another 20 minutes. Where skim, it's just like you can just go at your own pace. Sunday. <laughs> you can just roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try it, man. Next time, I, next time I make it out to the beach for sure. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll send you a message, bro. Be like, yeah, hey, bro. Uh, yo, Sean, I just tried skimming for the first time today. It was pretty dope. Or I broke my ankle or something. Yeah, you you're going to break your <laughs> wrist, man. As soon as you fall on that hard-ass sand, when when that board, you hop on that thing, and all of a sudden it goes and your other foot don't catch, and it just goes <laughs> flying like a UFO into the sky, and your wrist reminds you of how human you are. I want that picture. <laughs> your wrist reminds you of how human you are. That's a good one, man. Dude. For sure. Yeah. It's, um, I mean that, that, I don't know, that sand is unforgiving. Cause nobody, you don't wear pads or any shit like that. I guess you don't really wear wrist pads skateboarding, but the knee elbow Dude. stuff, man, it's legit. 
Well, hey, brother, I'm going to be wrapping it up for dinner pretty soon. Um, <laughs> is there any, anything? <laughs> it's been a minute. I didn't realize, man. It's been like about two, two, a little over two hours. Yeah. No, nah, it's, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. No, man. Um, Unless there's, I know I can ramble a little bit, but it's the getting to know you pod. Unless there's something for you sure. wanted to share about yourself that uh we didn't get into. No, man, I think, um, I think that, you know, it's, it's just been cool. I've been enjoying having a conversation. It feels more like a conversation than like it's so much an interview. You know, sometimes it could feel like interview like, yeah, I like that. It's just been, it's been chill, man, just conversation. And it's been real cool. Um, I would definitely say this though, if there's anybody that like, if there's any way I could help you out with your podcast, whether it be like, you know, reference you to somebody I feel would be interesting for a podcast, something like that. I'd be more than happy to help out oh, in that man. regard for sure. Hell yeah, dude. That's actually part of the community thing that's building now, which has been really cool is um, different people kick me different names and they're like, yo, you got to get so-and-so on or this would be really neat. Um, so yeah, man, if you know people around who uh, don't mind shooting the shit for a while and have some cool stories to tell, you know, I, uh, I would definitely appreciate <laughs> definitely. that. Definitely, bro. I'll see you. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to a couple of people I have in mind, and uh, I definitely feel like you'd you'd have more than enough to talk about with them. <laughs> I like so, the way you're it, laughing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, you'll it would be interesting it, to say the least. So, <laughs> but awesome. um, yeah, man. Well, hey, brother, let me know uh, when I could actually listen to this. It'd be kind of cool hear back all the stupid stuff that I had to say. <laughs> yeah. Have you um, ever been like on a pod or done any shit like this? I know you've done the music that you've posted, but have you ever done a long form conversation? No, dude, this is super sick. It's uh, this is the first time I've done this. So awesome. it's interesting. It's new waters for me. I like it, man. Well, man, I, I really appreciate your time. And just um, if people make it this far and just so you know, um, what'll happen is any links and stuff will be in the description of the pod. So if people want to try to like hit you up about artwork or whatever, they can definitely check the description out. Oh, dude, I appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. Also, yeah. dude, I would like to, uh, just as like a little kind of token of gratitude, pick one of the, the pieces that you like, if you like any of them, like enough to put on your wall or something, or even hang on to uh, no. pick one of those pieces, bro. I'd like to just, just send you out one. Dude, I but, fucking um, love that, man. I'm starting to collect. I actually was thinking about that shit today. So, and this is, I know you're going to dinner, man, but. No, uh, you're good. You're good, bro. I got, I got, like I said, I still got a little bit of time. So here are two of the things I got to get a shelf. Um, this dude sent me his book, Narco Mindset. Oh, do you, shit. Do you know who that Narco is? Mindset. No, but Narco Mindset, I instantly go to the, to the TV series or the, the series Narcos. Uh, do, yeah. So he fucking was in jail with Noriega and oh, he wow. was the accountant for the Medellin cartel. So he was fucking Pablo Escobar's accountant. He's, <laughs> he's the dude that fucking Scarface was based on. This motherfucker was telling me he was riding around with a tiger in Miami. Shit, dude. Yeah. That's like, so that must've been a gnarly conversation. It was fucking like five hours, man. It was insane. Um, and then like this other guy, David sent me, he's making like graphic novels and he sent me a couple copies and I threw in the, uh, like our oh, local comic sick. store. So yeah, it's getting yeah. to the point where like people who create shit are like kind enough to send it. So fuck yeah, dude, I'd love to have it on the back wall, man. Um, 
That's very kind Absolutely. of you, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah, hey, I appreciate it, man. Um, let me uh, just shoot what, what you could do. Pick one of them and uh, either like screenshot it or like send it, send me the post or whichever one that you like, bro. And um, if it's, there's a couple on there that I do have that are out already, but not that many though, dude. Like seriously, like I'm trying to speak from like humility. Like I'm really not that many. So like, um, honestly, just send me one that you like and then I can get it framed for you in black, white, or I could try to find like a kind of vintage wood frame. Um, just let me know like kind of what frame you'd like and I could definitely send that out to you, bro. I appreciate it. Oh man, you're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> too kind. All right, man. Well, enjoy the dinner. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I'm just looking forward to, I don't know, being a part of your social media life, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. You too, Sean. It's uh, cool, man. I like what you're doing. It's good talking to you, man. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. See you. Be smooth, brother. Thanks to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche on social media. Give him a follow just for the fuck of it. Dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally, if you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.